What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Medica! Hey, me, Jimmy G! Yeah, this is uh, this is a podcast above replacement today. I'm getting a lot of that on Twitter, guy. A lot of people, which is good, big time hater. Which is and, good. I'm glad. Uh, first of all, I'm glad it's catching on because I think it's a real thing. Throws above replacement. You see, Danny Dimes throw some throws Danny above replacement. Danny Dimes. I mean, Dan- everything he did is above replacement because we've already seen his replacement, and he runs faster than his replacement. He throws further than his replacement. What would you go, Mahomes, Brady, Danny Dimes? For like player of the week or just all-time NFL quarterback rankings? Yeah, just rankings for quarterbacks in the NFL currently. Um, Did you see Tom Brady? Wentz made some sweet throws today. That's his kid. He's got his kid in his videos now. Just saying on to Buffalo wearing Brady jerseys. How about... (laughs) Pretty good content. His, kills, his kid's given a better quote than Belichick. Do you think Belichick owes anyone anything on that? Like, is he supposed to be Does some... he owe anything? Uh, I mean, look, I, so I had one thought to me. That response was appropriate in the scenario in which he said, I'll do the interview on the condition that you don't ask me about Antonio Brown, and whoever, the producer or Dana, whoever set it up says, okay, we won't ask you about Antonio Brown. Now, he should be subject to that question, but if you agree to that condition, then you agree to that condition. Well, because why would he have agreed to the interview I, before the game, right? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So, if that was said, then he doesn't owe anybody an apology. But if it wasn't said, and he just, Bill, will you do an interview? Yes. Okay. <laughs> then, I mean, that's... Uh, was it high-level asshole? Because I saw somebody say on Twitter, like, you know what Dan is doing? Hashtag do your job. Like, she's doing her job. So yeah. And he knows. And he just stared her down. It wasn't... To me, it was just not that big of a deal. He just stares at her and they just go their separate ways. Yeah, like, it's not a big deal, but it's like you're trying to punk somebody who's not... Who is who is fully in their lane. You know, that would be my... Didn't she have a moment, like, at a roast where she was super wasted? Well, she was drinking straight out trouble? of the Grey Goose tip. Yeah. 
Didn't she get? But she like also had a similar situation. Remember, uh, in the NCAA tournament, where she asked a coach who was it Leonard Hamilton or somebody who like botched the end of game management. Yeah, it was a Florida State guy. Yeah, and he didn't she, he didn't handle it well. Yeah, she mixes it up. I mean, she's but it, but she played it straight. Like, yeah, like I mean, he, she she could handle it. That's what I always like. I can't. Believe, like, she's fine. She's she's a grown up. You know, she's it's not the end yeah, of the world. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, like to Greg me, Popovich does it all the time. Did he act like a dick? Is different. Like you can say yes to that and not even. I, I never go down the road of like. But so who does he owe an apology to? It's like I don't care about apologies. I don't. Did care you about did you check out AB like when you woke up going scorched earth this uh, morning on Twitter? You know, said, I saw you said tweet Kraft something. was getting handies. He yeah. said Shannon Sharp was uh, has a ton of baggage. I mean, he started listing all the guys. Bet Roethlisberger. Yeah, Roethlisberger, four games. You know when you say you don't care about something, but you're still all into it? Then there's the next level where you don't care and you just don't get into it at all. And that's where I have that's where I arrived this really last week with A.B., but that's where I am. When I saw A.B., <laughs> I liked his Instagram, like a photo of him and Tom Brady. He's like, do it for me. It's like, all right, buddy. Yeah. Keep Go it rolling, on. fellas. Now the, Keep it rolling, champ. Even if you are interested in him because he's talented, it's like you, you, know, you know two things. One, it's going to end bad. And two, when it ends, he's going to try and take down anybody that, that, that he was involved with. So just stay away. Would you say he's one of the truly biggest wild cards we've ever seen in sports? Like, we've seen some guys unhinged. But he, like you said, if you just associate with him for a day, he's liable. Everything you tell him or he sees, he's just going to let the cat out of the bag and tell everyone everything about your... If, if you let him see one of your skeletons, it's liable to be all over Instagram and you uh, YouTube it. He had I'm watching his Insta story the other day. He's getting in this private plane, and this guy who just looks like me or you is carrying this massive camera, like he's shooting Sunday night football and just following him around. Like this guy is just documenting his life of just madness. Soon, I mean, no Antonio, gonna... you're like one of the best players ever in the prime of your career. Like this is not, this is weird. And I, I'm, I'm even at the point now, I'm with you, like, I don't even give a shit anymore. I feel uncomfortable, like, even making fun of him anymore. Like, I, I just think he's unhinged. Oh, see, I, I don't, I, I'm I'm here for all that. Like, I don't. Yeah, not not uncomfortable making fun of him, but, like, uncomfortable, like, he's just, I, I think he's just mentally lost. You know, like, Remember, like, two weeks control, ago when people thought he was himself. just, he was playing, like, three-dimensional chess? You remember that? Did you see that, uh. I guess the last time we did a podcast, he hadn't been cut yet. Because when right. we were doing the podcast, recording it, right, Belichick had just had a tense press conference. And like three hours later, he was cut. Did you know that the bonus, because everyone's like, well, Belichick paid him already. Actually, he didn't. They paid him a game check that's just a veteran minimum or whatever. And then he gets his $10 million bonus, or maybe it was nine. Four and a half million of the nine were due Monday, as in tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this today. And then the other four and a half was due at like the end of the season. So like Belichick, you know who's smart as a fox and who's playing checkers? Belichick. Like, yeah, yeah, Drew, we'll give you a $9 million bonus, but we ain't giving it to you day one. We're giving we're a little couple week buffer here. That was like, that to That's me is a little smart. checkers. Yeah, that is. Because <laughs> yeah. they because everyone's like, they're going to file grievances and fight it out. Well, it's harder to fight it out if he already has the money because he'll fight, he'll just keep it, right? That's what I'd do if I was him. But if you have the money still, you're like, we ain't giving it to you. See you in court, buddy. This podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com. E-A-Z-E. 
easewellness.com, ease.com. Promo code is ham. Yep, guy, you, can, you cannot beat it. I actually probably need to make an ease order uh, either after we're done with this podcast or maybe tomorrow. Ease.com. You use the promo code ham. They deliver it to your house, kind of like my battery's out right now. My car's dead. Mm. So I, after I'm done with this, I'm going to have to order food, probably from like Uber Eats or DoorDash. That's basically what ease is. They just deliver it to your house. You go to ease.com, type in the promo code ham. You search around whatever you want, vapes, pre-rolls, you name it. They got it, and they'll deliver it to your house. And then our friends at Ease Wellness are basically the Amazon of CBD. Unlike, they don't they deliver it to your house, but it's like drop shipment right in front of your door. Knock, 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 and then your package is there with your CBD. They got uppers, they got downers, they got doggy treats, they got bath bombs. Guy, they really have it all. You, you really can't beat it. Way of the future. Everyone loves some CBD. EaseWellness.com. Promo code AM. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. We say we give you winners. At minimum, we give you the promo code the winners come and go. Um, although I'll give you credit. You said Friday. You know, this Utah-USC line is weird. Uh, and it, it turned out it was. It, wa- it was weird, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're right. You see Reggie Bush got a penalty. Well, not really him, but they got a penalty for Reggie Bush coming out of the set to manhug, to bro-hug somebody behind the end zone. That um, was cool. But mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, I, are- I, I actually I gave some winners on Saturday. Washington, Cal. Michigan loser again. You're not going to go. You, you go 58 percent in gambling. You're, that's that's, right. that's, that's Hall right. of Fame level. I know it's just you know, the, the sting of of a 32 point comeback. I actually give you credit for being right about the cover, and then Washington State made you wrong. You were right about it, them, and then they. That's made the way you wrong. I. That's the way I look at it too, guy. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Today, the only game I really liked. It's just because I kind of believe in what they're doing, uh, even though they're just the way they do it isn't the sexiest. Is the Colts. And they're just they they just win. Yeah. I mean they're just they're just a good team, guy. I, I don't really know what else to say. Like they're not the Chiefs or the Patriots, but they're a playoff team. And they're just like the Falcons have more talent. Julio's making these like uh, video game catches for touchdowns. And it's just and they just find a way to win. And who wins at the end of the day? You look at the scoreboard. Colts won, and they were favored by one point at home against Atlanta. That was the only game I really kind of felt confident about. So, other than that, I didn't really give out too many winners. But mybookie.ag, you want to get on this Monday Night Football game? Are you ready for Monday Night Football guy? Bears, Washington Redskins. Mm. Talk about a throwback game to the 80s. How about that one, baby? Yeah, gosh. Wow. How, how about that one? Daniel Snyder and the Washington how Redskins. Case Keenum, Mitch Trubisky. Is that Danny Dimes? That's Danny. I keep all my dimes. Yeah, that's, it's Mitch. I'm throwing a pick, Trubisky. Danny, I don't want to give Kirk Cousins any of my dimes. No. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, I don't even think. As Vic Tafer tweeted today, I don't even know if the Vikings broke a sweat. Uh, we'll get to them, John, but we got to start with the 49ers because the 49ers are 3-0 and for the first time in 21 years. When I saw Dieter Kurtenbach tweet that stat, I couldn't believe it. Like, 3-0 and is not 7-0. and 3-0 and is 3-0. and Three so they were never three and zero, obviously during the Harbaugh era, right? It's crazy, right? Did, would I would not have guessed that. I would have guessed they were three and zero at least one of his years. That that's pretty nuts, isn't it? I mean, guy, they went to three NFC Championship games. I they couldn't didn't start three and zero one I time. I could not believe that stat when I saw it. We'll get to Jimmy G, uh, but what do you think? I mean, <laughs> I felt pretty good about him when they had four turnovers. Was it four turnovers at halftime, but only down six to three? Uh, but then the Steelers actually started kind of scoring a little bit in the second half. The Niners had to make some plays, got some help with some penalties, then got that big fumble recovery back after they got 
after they turned the ball over at the was that was that Armstead that caused that and then Buckner that was like an Oregon uh, sandwich it was Armstead caused it and Buckner picked it up so you can't deny. What do you think it feels like to have Armstead hanging on you when you're a running back? Oh my like, god, this guy is enormous. Well, you will look at him. I'm doing air quotes. Punch the ball out. It's just he's his arms are so strong. I think anytime he wrapped you up, you're at risk of getting the ball punched out. There were some massive defensive linemen in this game from the Niners and the the Steelers from T.J. Watt to it. I mean, they, this, it's not like the Steelers have a bunch of Joe Schmoes on their squad. I mean, the D lines in this game were no joke. I, I, the one thing that the Niners got really lucky on today, as Marcus, I saw Marcus Thompson tweet, he's like, wow, third red zone turnover. Red zone turnovers, while they do suck, they actually don't kill you because the other team's got to go 80. Right. You, you, you're actually worse off turning the ball over when you're pinned, right? Because you just give them the ball in the red zone. They got, it was a double whammy. They gave the ball away in the red zone three times, and they were playing Mason Rudolph, not Roethlisberger. Now, I, I don't know how good Roethlisberger is or would have been today, but he would have been better than Mason Rudolph, right? Mason hit a couple passes late when Witherspoon went out, but then the Niners benefited and they took advantage. That's you got to take advantage when you're given these opportunities of an offense that really didn't make any plays till the second half. You know, that's what the announcers kept saying. They're like, God, it's you're only down six nothing and you've got three turnovers and it's not even ten minutes into the game. That that's what was wild. I I, I had never by the fourth turnover. It felt like I've never seen anything like this, but I ha- but it wasn't because like the Tampa game, like pick sixes and fumble sixes, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it, but I read it on Twitter. Something like that happened in the Seattle game. Th- those are devastating. There was right? yeah, there was a, a punt. It was the Tampa. Uh, sorry, New Orleans second touchdown was a fumble six. Like a fumble six or a pick six, or would have cost the Niners the game today. So they they do benefit from just. Fucking, they fumbled it, and the guy just falls on the ground. You know? Yeah. I mean, the number one thing a defensive coach sometimes, they, scoop and score, scoop and score. Well, they didn't, luckily, they didn't even have a scoop and score. I meant to tweet at you earlier in the game, uh, tips and overthrows, tips and overthrows. Yeah, tips and overthrows. Um, <laughs> well, that that's, th- but that is, now, the one thing I, might, I I question with tips and overthrows, like, what if the ball's just seven feet away from you? Like, are you, what are you going to do? Like, What do you mean? I, I mean, the tips and overthrows, the ball then has to be in your vicinity for me to make a play. I think the right. I, yeah, I just think the point is tips more you so than overthrows. Tips and then overthrows. Well, I just think tips. I don't you really have get the coaching point. Tips, you have time. I, yeah, I don't just be ready for them. I, maybe that's what it means. Like, yeah, that's my point. Like, yeah, I know. If the but ball's tips tipped, are just I'll be like, ready for it. You have more time, I guess. I don't yeah, know. but if the ball's tipped and it's like 15 feet away from me, like you just look at me you're like tips and overthrows. You're like, yeah, I'm fucking not Kevin Garnett here. What do you want me to do? That ha- that happens just a lot in this game. Just balls tip, you know, and just it's in no man's land. It just hits grass. Well, here's the other thing, by the way. The second interception for Garoppolo to me was tipped. The first one, I mean, it hit a guy in his back shoulder. It was a bad throw. It wasn't just like a random, you know, like a random tip. It was a bad throw that hit that got tipped you because t- it was a bad throw. Are you talking about the one of the running back? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't a good throw, but it's like. But I'm just here to hate, John. Yeah, it's not all. It's not all on the running no. back when he's in full. He's not in full speed because it's a screen. But when he has to like when he's moving and reach around, it was a tough play. That to me, that's a tip and overthrow that they took advantage of because it fucking lands in TJ Watt's breadbasket. Like the other one, again, there were multiple tips and overthrows because the second pick to Minka Fitzpatrick, he overthrows. I think it's Kendrick Bourne, and it's just. 
he was getting pummeled. Yeah. Like a, a guy was coming right at him, right. and he stood in there. Like I, I thought he had some like Rivers moments today, where he just stood in there and took shots and delivered strikes. Like that's All right, but, but that's be- why you get paid big bucks. Before we get to Jimmy, though, I I do think like big picture for the Niners, we should address this. It's the biggest win under Kyle Shanahan for this team. Um, well, they a, were down with what five minutes left in the game. Yeah, but also just because a it gets them just. On the most basic level, it might have been the biggest win if they had just won it fourteen to nothing with no turnovers. Just yeah. it got them the three and zero. But then on top of that, like winning when everything's going right is one thing. Um, winning when a lot of stuff isn't going right, which is what this was today, is impressive. And I think you know, if you said what should come first and just like the progression of a good team, I would take the defense first because it just keeps you in so many games. And clearly they got that. They made plays on offense, no doubt. But just the fact that they won today with so much going wrong, which in their division you're just going to have to do because the Rams are going to make plays against you. The Seahawks are going to make plays against you. You just got to win games like that. It's been like this since Harbaugh in the NFC West. Well, why would they win today? I think they won because they have an identity. Like their defense is really good, and they can run the shit out of the ball. Like they had a stretch in the second half where I give coaches credit on this because it's easy to be like, well, I want to be cute and do go left, right, left, right. Felt like they were running the same goddamn play every time. That little kind of cut back to the right with uh, with Juszczyk kind of leading the charge. And they ran it three or four times in a row and got him right down the field. And they did it a couple times in the second half. He just – he is – I'll give Kyle – this is where Kyle deserves a lot of credit. Like, the Coach Reed and his guys <laughs> – they de- they deserve to run quick. I mean, quick. They just they'd rather pass. You know, they're just a little more pass heavy. Like the Dugs, the Naggies, the Andy's king of it. Now Andy will run screens, but they won't like consistently go the Jim Harbaugh, not the Jim Harbaugh we saw the other night, but the guy that was really sweet like five years ago who would just run pl- run the ball all like the classic Pat Hill move. Kyle Kyle for a younger coach is very good at sticking with the run, yeah. and that's usually because it's not that sexy. And I know, like, Juszczyk is a coward guy, and he's found my podcast. He followed me on Twitter, and he's just like, I DM'd him, whatever. And he, I had a segment I think that he liked because it was about the fullback. And I was, like, ripping on some coaches not using the fullback. And he, was, he had mentioned, like, you know, Kyle's a dying breed of guys that really use me. And he's right. Like, Juszczyk, for his, his play, he had some unreal plays today, like crazy catch and through. But his value in the run game for them is how vital is he? I mean, he's just fucking clearing holes. I mean, it's, it's like having an extra offensive lineman. He's just crushing people. And that's the difference between two-yard gains and six-yard gains. And then all of a sudden, like, think how much easier it is to play quarterback. And Goff's really benefited this, you know, his first couple years with McVay. When you get a consistent running game, they can't really tee off on the pass. Like, when you watch the Niners especially that last drive, but there were situations in the second half where it was clear, like, the time's not really on uh, Mason Rudolph's side. Like, you could tell, like, they weren't really going to be able to run the ball. They were going to have to pass. And it was just the, the linemen got to be like, they ain't running the ball, right? And against the 49ers, you can't – you don't really know what's coming. You kind of have to play the run first because Kyle will just run it relentlessly. Even in situations like the analytic guys hate, like, first and ten and second and ten runs. They always want to like pass first. Kyle doesn't really subscribe to that. 
like Kyle, and part of it is because like Kyle would, I'm sure, say, "Well, if it's working, why would I go away from it?" And 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 this is again just back to the overall point of young guys. A lot of times just go away from it because it's a little more fun to call pass plays, right? You get a little more credit. I also think, don't you think he he likes the run because it just in the end it's just setting up his pass. Like I think I, he knows. I, I think I think I think the most basic level is even before that. It's that he thinks his scheme work. Like it's just gonna right, they're gonna yeah. gain. They're guaranteed to gain yards if they just block it up. Because you don't have to in his like zone stuff. It's not Harbaugh where, you know, part of Harbaugh's offense was Upati and Alec Boone and those guys pulling and just cracking skulls. His, beside Juszczyk, they're not really cracking skulls. They're really just kind of position blocking. And then Breda, who's a really good player, and so is this out of nowhere Kevin Wilson that's on pace for 700 career touchdowns, that, you know, thanks, Kyle. You know, anyone that – I'm not playing Mozart. Everyone's like – someone GM me, like, Middlecoff. It's so easy to say. It's Mostert. I think that's how you say it. Most. See, I can't uh, even say it. Actually, I, I heard. I was listening to Greg and Tim Ryan say it in the car today. Hold on. Mostert. 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 Yeah. It just feels right. weird. Yeah, it feels weird to say. Plus, is it Mozart phonetic, is, a, is, a, is a, phonetically. Is that Mozart is a compliment? You know, one hundred percent. Like Braid is easy to say. You know, Frank Gore. I just like easy names, <laughs> right? George Kittle, uh, Joe Staley. That their offense, you don't need road graders to dominate. You got, I got to give the kid some credit. I know he had a couple penalties late in the game, but you didn't really feel that yeah. the left tackle was getting smoked in the passing game, did you? No. And it's not like Kittle was out running routes, so he wasn't just sitting there to protect him the whole time. I, I thought that really the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, which is one of the better ones in the league, was getting worked much more than the Niners' offensive well, line. I thought it was a big win today for the Niners' yeah. offensive line. I mean, that's also a big win for the Niners' defensive line. Well, I mean, they've only invested seven first-round picks and a lot of money. How about D. Ford looking quick? Do you know what D. Ford is now? I'm not even going to worry. Like, I, I, Middlecoff, you see the practice report today? He missed. I don't even care about his practice report. He, he won't practice much. It doesn't matter. He's paid to get sacks and just power and speed rush. Because he didn't, he hasn't really practiced the last couple weeks. And he just plays. And I thought today, he definitely jumped off the screen more today than he did the oh. first couple weeks. He was hauling ass. And I, I would imagine part of it's right. It's easier to be a pass rusher when you're up at home. Just in theory, it should be loud. It kind of looked, looked loud on television, you know. Yeah, it's a couple Steelers fans there, but it was loud. a solid crowd. It, it, well, when the Steelers come to town, it actually could be a lot worse, right? Well, if you're bad, they they'll... they travel well. Well, they travel well. I, it was a double whammy. The Niners were kind of good. You know, they were 2-0, and so there was some buzz on the game. And the Steelers were probably, you know, when's the last time you gave me the 21 years the Niners been 3-0? and What do you think the stat is when the last time the Steelers were 0-3? Like 57 uh, years? <laughs> I, heard, I think Greg Gumbel said it right at the end of the game. Was it a big number? I don't. I didn't. I heard. And the Steelers are zero and three. And I, I changed the channel. If you, if you if you had to guess, wouldn't you say probably over twenty years? Yeah, you would think. Definitely not in the Roethlisberger era. Doesn't feel like they were ever zero and three. Because zero and three, you're in some trouble, right? I don't want to say their season's over, but they're in some trouble. They're in, and that's where he had a good game. I mean, he had a pick. <laughs> he had a. A force fumble slash then he recovered it. So Minka, you'd be like, well, fuck, we gave him a first-round pick. Look at this guy. He's making all our plays. 
But you're like, God, I mean, you guys are destined to be probably drafted pretty high. Yeah, I mean, that would kind of, to me, be the point of not doing the deals. You're like, he made great plays, and what did it do? I mean, we didn't win the game. But would you, do, you feel great? You if you were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan right now, you couldn't really hate it because you go, well, he might be our best player, right? At least, yeah. he, at least he's really good. I mean, it sucks. I, I would not have done it, but where you can go, well, he's one of our best players. Unless you draft two, second overall and then Tua becomes a star, and you're like, oh, shit. Right. Which I don't know. I mean, I think Tua's going to be up for debate. But And let's see. Like, just organizationally, maybe they find it. They just keep, you know, their goal is to just be really good, not to do a rebuild. And I, You know what? It's weird if you're a Steeler fan, or, I mean, even like Tomlin. I actually think you leave the game thinking, you know, our, our quarterback started making some plays in the second half. We didn't look that terrible. It's not like we looked like we were outmatched. We were causing turnovers left and right. We did a lot of things. We just didn't capitalize. I don't, I don't actually think you leave thinking we're some scrubs. I think you, you go, we can build off this. Now, we're not going to get to nine or ten wins, but I think we could rattle off some Ws. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, yeah. So. I mean, uh, John, they won four games last year. Who? 49ers. I mean, it feels like they've averaged four wins a year for the last since Harbaugh left, doesn't it? I know it's that's not exact because one year they won five and the Jimmy year they won six. I mean, Tom, don't forget about Tom Sula. You know, Tom Sula has as many wins as John Gruden since 2015. Don't ever forget that. That you're right. I mean, three and zero is three and zero. There is no way around. It. I thought about this today, and listen, I'm not trying to make this a big deal because it's irrelevant. But it kind of shows you how long they've kind of been shitty. When do you think the last time past like week one? The 49ers have been above Seattle in the standings. Like they're they're 3-0 and the Seattle's two and one. Now, again, it's really early. It's only week three. But think about that. I definitely not the last five or six years. One hundred percent not since Harbaugh left, right? So five years up until this point. Like they, they haven't sniffed past week one relevancy. Because even last year they were one and two. You know, they, they mm-hmm. just they're in position. I mean, we're doing this when the Rams game's going on. So the Rams win or lose doesn't really, like, I'm not, even if the night like the Rams, let's say they lose tonight and the Niners in first place. I don't think that, I'm not trying to say that means that much. But you're just putting yourself in position. Definitely just above Seattle is a big deal. You know you're going to have to beat these two teams out, or at least one of the two teams out. Because you start looking at the playoff mix, and you go, well, Dallas is going to win. I'm pretty confident Dallas like a 12-win team. Uh, the NFC North is a little, I, I'm not quite sure. But Green Bay's 3-0. and And their defense is good. And their quarterback's a star. So they might just be good. You know? And then you look at the AFC South, which is in shambles. The Tampa Bay Bucks lost. Carolina now won, but they're still 1-2. The Atlanta Falcons stink. And the Saints actually, you know, big win, but... We'll see if they can sustain it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I would just say, like, they've got a good chance to maybe just tread some water here before, but to get to Breeze coming back. But my ultimate point is you're going to have to be in that 9 10 sweet spot to make the playoffs. Typically, 10 wins get you a wild card. And I, I, I feel pretty confident that 10 wins this year would get you a wild card. You're 3 0. So you look at the net, you got 13 more games to get to 10 wins. 
in those 13 games, you just have to go 7-6. and six. It's not like you have to go 8-4. and four, You know, it's, it's really not bad enough. Just win a game, lose a game. Win a game, lose a game. Win a game, lose a game. That's all you have to do. That's, that's the benefit. Remember last year when the Colts started 0-4? Or was it 0-5? And they rattle off like 10 straight wins. Like if you do fall 0-3 or 0-4, to even sniff the playoffs, you have to go on like a six or seven game winning streak. Where uh, when you when you get this little buffer, right. and then think about this guy, the next game they play is the Browns who have just injury after injury off a of bye week. So wouldn't you guess, regardless what the Browns do these next couple weeks, they're going to be a five or six point favorite in that game, just coming off a bye, being fresh at home. Monday Night Football. You know who has the best point differential in the NFC? Uh, Patriots. NFC. No. Patriots are in the league, yes, <laughs> yeah. by, by a wide margin. Uh, yeah, pa- uh, well, Packers aren't really blowing people out, so not, Niners? Dallas. Oh, yeah. But the Niners are cool. second. I mean, I think Dallas is clearly the cream of the crop. Philly's a little tough to judge because they have so many injuries. I mean, they have so many injuries. How about Philly? They're one and two. They they play Thursday night football at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So you go right away if you're the Niners. Well, what if fucking Philly loses that game? You're three and zero. Oh, they're one and three. Think what Philly has to do to catch you. Right. I'm not even talking like they're probably not. You're talking about Dallas, wild cards. Then. You're saying Packers yeah, take I'm, their I'm division. About Cowboys take theirs. Yeah. Like that's that's a pretty big deal, guy. It is. No, you're right. Uh, all right, now let's. When's get... the last time we were even able to have these conversations? No, and that's yeah. See, that's the value of like I don't know. We're still waiting. We're still getting answers on this team, but think they're three and zero, and now we can have these these conversations are real things. It, it shows you if Haberman and Middlecoff were based out of like, uh, you know, Southie in Boston. That how long our conversations just by now? Like, what are we even talking about? Just like, what do you think the temperature will be in the AFC Championship game? Like, are you talking about that in September? Like, what do those guys talk about where it's just such a lock you're going to the playoffs? Every year, it's a lock. Yeah, the it's good, a stone-cold lock. The good news is that they do have the Patriots who have, they seem to have a bunch. Of, like, they got, so far, they got A.B. and they got Shabil Apologize. That's Monday. Yeah. They, they, that's the one thing the Patriots have done a good job of giving their media brethren in the Boston area is just sweet stories to keep it interesting while they've been kicking the shit out of everybody. I know. All right, Jimmy G. John throws above replacement. Uh, he was definitely better today. For anyone new to this, I've liked Jimmy G. for a long time. I've believed in him. I'd have paid him. We agreed. I didn't think he was great week one. I thought he was fine week two. I thought this was his best game. I don't know. I, I and that's I'm saying that without comparing the numbers. I'm not even bringing up numbers. Um, and I thought he was good. I thought week two was like on a different tier than week one. I thought he was much better, but I thought he was more fine than like really really good because I thought his false start and his interception were hard to forgive. But today was was really good. Um, I thought his def- yeah I'm, yeah go ahead Re- respond your de- thoughts. I, I thought his defining attribute today was had nothing to do with like completions. And just, like, the box score, 23 at 32 for 280 yards. The picks, whatever, didn't define him. Now, one of them's not on him, really. And the second one, it's a tough one. It's, it's, it's on him. He's a quarterback. He let the ball go. But on that play, and, like, many plays throughout the game, like, what's the big knock right now on Derek Carr? I had a buddy that was there scouting the because they are playing the Minnesota for the Bears, scouting the uh, Vikings. And he goes, God, Derek looks frenetic. 
And it's like they were tweeting out these pictures, this Vikings blog. Like he just starts jumping around and no one's even around him. Well, the number one skill to be a high, high level quarterback, and I think Rivers is so good at this, it really defined luck. Like it took luck to another level. Is can you just stand in there when you see the guy, like not when you don't see him coming, it's when you see the guy coming at you, but you know that like your guy needs one more step before you release it. Mm-hmm. And the balls that that takes, there's a reason the guys make 25 to $35 million. And a lot of it's just sitting there. Well, that guy is six foot four, 260 pounds, running untouched, right to hit you right a little below the chin because he doesn't want to flag, right? You know, in the chest where you probably get this feeling where you can't breathe and you think you might die. And every quarterback, the top guys do it. And I thought Jimmy consistently did that today. Stood in there, made plays. The other thing he did, which has to drive Kyle a little crazy, but it's something that he just that he has that makes him, you know, when he's playing at a high level kind of special, is the Romo-like break a tackle, break a tackle, do a 360, kind of roll out and then look and then throw a ball and you go, oh! And the one that he did in the red zone, right, I think right before they fumbled, or maybe this was on the drive where they ended up scoring a touchdown, that, you know, uh, it was incredible. I thought he was sacked two different times, and he rolled out, and he still made a sweet play. And that's the type of stuff that, you know, what do they say, guy? You can't coach speed. You, you can't coach instincts, guy. You can't coach instincts. No, you know, you're right. You can't. You can't coach just seeing it, like just understanding how to just survive. Not necessarily. I'm not even talking about like reading defenses. I'm just talking about there's a guy running at me. Should I go down? Should I throw the ball away? Can I spin out of this and then get rid of the football? Like there was one where he gets away from the inter- from the uh, sack just to get rid of the ball and just airmailed it out of the back of the end zone. Um, but he did have a receiver in the area, so it wasn't grounding. So it was close. It was. It did feel kind of close, but the guy was there. And when he let it go, I'm like, oh god, please don't have anybody be in the back of the end zone. What is the number? Is the number different in college than the pros? Like, does the guy have to be within 20 yards? Is there, there is like a, no number. It's just, just kind of just eyeball The halo? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, there's no halo. Just, yeah, he was, he was trying to throw so it to him. So it's, it's very, very subjective for the Very rest. subjective. And usually you get the benefit of the doubt. You just got to get it back to the line of scrimmage. Because you're really, I think the ref and the point of the sport is you're trying to keep these guys safe. Like, he's not just doing it for his health, right? I mean, he literally actually is doing it for his health. He's throwing away because someone's going to kill him. He's not throwing it away to just throw it away. The other thing is when you're getting hit, it's tough. Like, oh, maybe the hit affected the throw. Yeah. But, yeah, there's no. But, no, you're right. I mean, he made the throws he had to make today, and then he made really good throws. And some of of the, like, like, well, how about the touchdown to Dante Pettis? Just to throw that ball to trust Pettis, because Pettis made a great play. Well, one, it's pretty nutsy through to Dante Pettis. Clearly, the play was kind of designed for Dante Pettis. Or if it was designed for Pettis, that was the only place Jimmy was going. So I give Kyle, Jimmy, and just credit for even putting him in that situation because I would not have. Maybe they're like, well, they'll never think we're throwing it to 18. Because I wouldn't have either. I thought it was like, oh, who's getting the ball here? Kittle, Debo? Is, are they going to run a draw? I didn't know what they were going to do. But I never thought in a million years Dante Pettis. There was not one person guy, not one human, that sat on their couch and when he released that ball, and the two Steeler DBs were right there, they didn't. It was not thinking interception, because it, it was like oh, I, I thought he threw a pick, and it was, it, but it, it was perfectly timed. Like you said, the, the catch was actually better than the throw, and the throw was damn good. 
So I, it, it was all. I mean, it was a big time play. It, it really was in a spot where, and that's you know why we emphasize arm strength because we're talking about milliseconds, right, from the DB even just t- a tip, not not even a pick, just getting his hand on it, because the the field in the in the end zone is much wider than it is long. You don't have that much space, so it's not like you can go vertical. You have to do a lot of those quick outbreaking or inbreaking routes. The other thing is on that touchdown was awesome. I mean, it's just that that final couple drives, the way I thought he played in the fourth quarter was excellent. Just under control. You just felt confident in him. He's hitting those like in-breaking middle-of-the-field routes in time and in rhythm, mm-hmm. just hitting guys in stride where they can. He's not really putting them in harm's way, right? He's not throwing them right where they're going to get lit up. He's throwing it where they can either make a play or just hit the ground. And I, I thought just down the stretch – he just looked like in complete control of the offense. Yeah. You know, I didn't – because I've been thinking, you know, when they got into a spot, the way he played the first couple weeks, and they were down, you know, late in the game. Would you have confidence that he could go 70? And I was like, uh, no. But today, by the time he got to that spot, I'm like, I feel pretty good that they'll be able to drive the field. I do too. I did. I felt through all the weirdness, I felt like they were going to win the game until they fumbled late. And then you're like, well, uh, and then they got the ball back. And then they used the entire clock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were, it felt like they were in the red zone for five minutes. Do they win the game if they don't get that turnover? I mean, it's hard to know. I see that's where, because they, I think their defense have played well. So I do think there's a good chance they get a punt, they get the ball back. And there's also a good chance they, at worst, force a field goal and are down six. But it would have been tough. I mean, they needed the holding penalty. I, I dropped a line on Twitter like, you know, everyone looks at the 49ers like they're an offensive franchise. This defense and, and, and the history of the Niners, their top teams, always have top defenses. The team speed jumps out. The next play guy, they hit Juju over the middle, who everyone thought was slow coming yeah. out of college. And he goes like 90 miles an hour, walks into the end zone. I'm like, God, I, I shouldn't have tweeted. I'm I'm just whenever I try to pull some shit like that, that always happens. Remember the knock on Juju was he slow? Yeah. How about Christian? McC- oh, we'll get to McCaffrey. But did you see him just look like a sprinter today? No, he hauled ass too on yeah. a touchdown run. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I I look. I think part of what we're seeing. I think I think Jimmy's getting better every week. I do. Um, I'm optimistic that we see him in two weeks on Monday Night Football. Maybe he's making more plays than he made Sunday. Um. Clearly, he has trust in a number of guys, and I think one of the things you love is they just feel really balanced on offense. I think that allows him to make some play. Now, they still do some things. Or, you know, the fumble on the goal line on the with the motion, the jet sweep motion man running into the snap, I'm sure there's been an explanation of what that was. Um, while Kyle, we're talking while Kyle probably is talking. but um, you, know, you know a big moment in the game that where I, for a split second, thought they might lose? All of a sudden, the, the television shows Witherspoon on a cart. Yeah. And Witherspoon had been making plays all game long. I just Googled it or typed it into Twitter. He's having an MRI tomorrow on his foot. They don't believe it's serious. Okay. So maybe it's just like a foot sprain. Maybe it'll be okay. And then they went after Jason Verrett immediately, twice. And it was like, oh, my God. Because you just start thinking, well, every time they're going to get the ball – it's going to be bombs away on the left side, right? What are the what can the Niners do? There's nothing. There's nothing you can do because it felt like does this guy have any business being on the field right now? That's the thing that crossed my mind. Like, does this guy just lost? 
or is it just the, the he hadn't really been on the field since 2017, like just because he's always been hurt. Think of just the jump from coming in mid-game off the pine, and all these guys are already running warp speed. Mm. And then you're playing a team like the Steelers that do. Like, he's going up against James Washington, the guy that scored. Deontay Johnson, I think he can run, clearly. Like they, the Juju's our slowest guy. They got speed. I mean, Vance McDonald, for example, who was nowhere to be found today. Remember what he hung his hat on? He ran like four five zero. Right. They have team speed. Remind, that, reminded Barrett's me a lot a really of Dick Butkus, John. Was that bulky or hardball? That was hardball. And that's why he gave him 89? No, it was it was Ditka. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Duh. Did, but it was Ditka. It was yeah. Di- but it was it hardball. Was it was hard. Yeah, hardball. not Butkus. He, well, he, well, he might have called him Butkus, too. He, he hyped no, he, him up pretty good. <laughs> um, dude, Kittle. Remember, we were like, ah, no, Kittle didn't score a touchdown today. He still just impacts the game so much. Even when we felt he's, like he's he's a star. He's, you know what? You know what? I, I'm starting to love one of the things about a Kyle offense too is like there are just so many guys who make a play or two or three, and you feel like they made a ton of plays. Like use check today, three catches, three targets. But it felt like you felt him more. Debo, three catches. Uh, Kendrick Bourne's one catch was big. It just. Like every, you know how many guys, like, let me look at that. How about this? Okay, so this is why it feels that way. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that had a catch of 12 yards or longer. Four guys that had a catch of 20 yards or longer. So they just, well, I, they, they, they dial up, air quotes here, like biggish plays for multiple players. Yeah. He, he's a big, like, uh, if this was basketball, he'd be 10 deep, right? And he relies on everyone. I also think why you think that, and it's because it's true is because it's not just the passing game, the running game. He had two guys. Breda had 14 for 68. Mozart, 12 for 79. But they don't even get the goal line carries. He, the other two guys, the other uh, Wilson Jr. gets the goal line carries, has two touchdowns. So you're like, well, the other guys are doing the heavy lifting because those two guys are good. Like Raheem's a baller. I, I, I love him in the open field because he can fly. Breda just has a natural feel for making guys miss cutting he's just an elusive running back but when you have whether it was was Kyle hesitant because they had both given the, up the ball had they both given up the ball or just Mozart fumbled I can't even remember no, now uh Breda, Breda, Breda did not have a fumble yeah he didn't have a fumble but maybe just Kyle clearly feels comfortable with this guy being maybe a power back at the goal line because he's done now two weeks in a row giving this guy carries and as someone that's playing the other guys in fantasy like Kyle that's kind of pissing me off like, can you can you let us know that this is your goal linebacker? And that's something as a newbie fantasy guy, you got to start riding the trend. You go, okay, well these this guy is going to get their goal line carries. It just I'm two weeks too late, and now now everyone's going to know that. You know the information's out. That's right. the shitty part about fantasy. That's yeah. what pisses me off. And I'll say this just as it relates to Jimmy, I think it does take a smart a good quarterback, a smart quarterback to be able to play that way, where it's not, oh he's got. He feels really comfortable with one guy. He fe- he clearly feels really comfortable with everybody. I mean, spreading the ball well, around. You, 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 when you watch Kyle's offense, when it starts working, you realize when he's had really good players, why they kick the shit out of people, right? Like Houston Texans in his prime with Kubiak. They had Schaub, who was just a robot, but they had Arian Foster and they had Andre Johnson, and they were just dominant. They were the number one running team, and Andre Johnson was like a top three receiver. When he went to Atlanta and he had sweet players, they had the number one offense in the league. 
Like, so if you do, like, with this offense, it's like, Phil, like, the triangle works. But you give me Michael or Kobe, watch out. You give me sweet guys in this offense, like, you give me Kittle. Imagine if I had Saquon Barkley and Julio Jones. It'd be, it'd be over, it would be unstoppable. If anything, the league should be happy that the Niners don't have that good of players because this offense is proven when he gets like elite guys. Now elite guys are hard to get. It's you can't be covered. E- even look at the the Rams for example. Like now that Gurley's out, they're still really good, but they're a little shell of himself. Remember when Gurley, like Pete Gurley, was like, "What are you gonna do? How are you stopping these guys?" It's like Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, they just have all these guys. Oh, then, oh, we'll throw to Higby a couple times. Oh, but we got this guy, Todd Gurley. Boom, boom, bang, boom, touchdown. It's not even fair because that's the one thing like the McVeighs and Shanahan's. Yeah, you bring up a great point. I didn't even think about it. They are, they're br- big on spread the wealth. They like spread, like some coaches aren't. Some coaches just ride their horses. I, I'm personally more of a ride, my, ride the horse guy. Like I, I would throw to Julio 20 times a game. I'm not a big spread the yeah, wealth. Yeah, but you have to have Julio. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, I, I think if you went back and look at Kyle, like, I, they were spreading the ball around even with Julio. Well, you know, now this is not not to go college on you here, but um, LaVisca How Chenault. How good is just Julio, though? Well, I mean, he's fantastic. <laughs> I just remember last week when I called the Colorado game, you know, LaVisca Chenault, really good player, probably a first-round – I mean, he is a first-round pick, maybe a top-ten pick. What's really his knock? Is he not that fast? Yeah, I mean, he's not – right, he's not. But he does everything else well. I did text someone, a Niner scout, and I asked, what do you think his 40 is? And they responded, they thought he'd get in the 4-4s, four like high 4-4s. Four I didn't see that I don't think he's slow. I don't know that he would. To fall. me, he feels like 4-5-6 guy or something. You I, know? I just think his thing is that he does everything well. He blocks. You can run him. You can run him. You can hit him with screens. He runs every route in the route tree, they say. D- doesn't he look like Sammy tree. Watkins in his movements? Maybe it's the dreads too, but just well, kind the of The Air movements. Force coach compared him to Andre Johnson. He coached Andre Johnson. I was like, I, I don't think he's as tall as Andre, even though he might look Andre like almost 6'3". Andre was huge. But he's pretty thick. Like, he's super thick. But anyway, here's the point. Mel Tucker told me, when I met LaVisca Chenault last year, right after I got the job, he was in a walking boot and in a sling. And I turned on the tape and I realized why. Like, we just got to – you can't – we can't give him the ball on every play. I get why you do it because he's so good and you can do so many things with him. He was in a walking boot and a sling. And like, <laughs> he's like, well, uh, let's go check the tape. He's like, all right, well, you run him on fly sweeps. You put him in the wildcat. You run him on bubble screens. You hit him down the field. You hit him on slants. You hit him on crosses. You hit him on outs. You hit him on everything. You have him blocking. You just, he does it all. So they, maybe that's did, part – Did LaVisca just have a big game? I know they won. You uh, see that Mel Tucker coached the game in shorts. I did not see that Mel coached. He coached the game, the game in, shorts. in shorts. I mean, they the Colorado won. Yeah, they were up fourteen nothing. ASU came back, tied the game, and Colorado had to win it late. Well, to me, Lavisca, the Niners are going to be in the mix for a guy like that. They're they're going to need unless Pettis can just take off, which we'll see. But to me, they just need kind of like a blue chip, a guy you can ride. Beside Kittle. Because there is... You do feel the pressure on Kittle. Like, because what were you thinking at the end of the game? Like, well, I'd double 85 here. And even if I'm Jimmy, I might force him 85 right, at the ball. Right, You know, and that's how you feel. That's what... Even when you have Gronkowski, it helps so much, right? When you got Edelman and James White. So you got like three options. Like, I didn't really feel like... I kept thinking to myself, like, what are the Niners' options here? That's what I kind of got nervous at once they got in the end zone in the sense... Or, I mean, the red zone. Like, what are they going to do? 
besides just run the ball. I Which, thought just but run I the actually ball. felt pretty good if they had run the ball. Me too. That's why I was thinking just keep hammering it, hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. Because when you get into a must-pass situation, at the end of the day, in the NFL and in college, for the most part, you are going to your best guy because you're going to lose you know, or win riding your top guy. Well, who is the Niners' top guy? I mean, it is Kittle, but some place Kittle's got the block, and it's the easiest guy to double-team, right, is the tight end because you have a linebacker over him and a safety can sit there where it's really kind of hard to double-team wide receivers. Because they're at the end of the deal. What, are you going to put two corners out there? It's easy to say, well, just double them. Well, how? You're going to shade a safety? Then the middle of the field's wide open if you're at the five-yard line. It's easy to double receivers when you're in the middle of the field. But once you get down to the red zone, it's actually much easier to double-team the guy in the middle of the field, the tight end. It's actually much harder to double the, the, the outside wide receivers, especially when you run like little sweet crossing patterns or the quick outs or ins. Just it just happens so fast. It's you can't double something that's a one second. You know the ball is released unless you legitimately put just two guys outside on the on a wide receiver. Now the Niners don't have players that you'd even have to think about doing that for, right? Like you would never double one of their wide receivers at the at this point in time. Maybe Debo one day. Yeah, hopefully. Debo's uh, a pretty good player. Yeah, yeah. Big Debo guy. Big Debo guys. Like to me, to me, Debo would be sweet with like uh, Lavishka, uh, Jerry Judy, uh, same you know, uh, a legitimate number one. It, hell, a Devonte Adams, just like uh, like a top ten wide, a Thielen. He just needs another guy, and they I just like Kendrick Bourne ain't that guy. Uh, Dante, guess you can't count him out yet. No, I mean, I, look, you make plays like this, you're a complimentary player. But when I, you make plays like this, you also get you get just more run. Right. Right. That's you know. And he clearly has been getting more run. The fact that he was on the field there. He caught a ball earlier in the game too on a quick screen where he just got demolished. Yeah, he's. I I think it's more too out of just necessity. Like who else are we gonna play, guy? Like what what are we? Jerry Rice ain't walking through the door. Terrell Owens I know got retired. He ain't walking through the door even but, though he wants to. <laughs> Both of them want to. Jerry well, caught Jerry Moore. I, you know, one thing, the play that the Niners, the Niners had that third down and there ended up being the holding on Mark Barron, right, with about two minutes left in the red zone and that would, that gave him a first down. But Jimmy I, made it. I, I hate that call, by the way. I just hate the holding. That is just, you're such a, so what are the defenders supposed to do? They, they call that all in football. I know, that time. one I feel like he kind of wrapped on him, though. No, I know. I just, but, but here's the, I feel if, unfair for the defenders. But Jimmy Not made here. an incredible play on that just to get out of the pocket. And then he throws the it was the Pettis coming back. And I have That was the that was the Romo play. And I haven't seen yeah, that's the play you were talking I have not seen yet. Like, should Pettis have caught the ball or did the D B get a hand in? It looked like the ball was kind of low. It was gonna be a really, Man, really yeah, hard catch. Yeah, I don't know. But I thought it was a touchdown and I thought it was incredible for a split second. I thought that was like the Jimmy Garoppolo defining play of his life. Like, whoa! Well, if it had been a touchdown, it would have been. How many times felt like because you thought he was sacked twice above replacement throw of his career? Well, he did multiple three sixties inside the pocket to get to escape sack. After he like pulled his leg out of like a bear trap. <laughs> I wonder what the feeling is like being a defensive lineman in the NFL and you holding on to a guy's shoe or foot or even his ankle. And having it just go through your grasp. 
Well, you know, because you clearly the line of being able to hold on and him being able to break out is pretty thin. Did you see the deflected like like uh, swing screen pass to Hardman in the Chiefs game early in the game? Yeah, that it gets deflected, it hits him, and then it pops in the air, and then he catches it, and then he stops and goes all the way back. And there's like he runs by like eight defensive players going across the field, and Mahomes is out in front. <laughs> Well, he was going to block for a and second. And then Mahomes slides. It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I've never seen that before. But that play, like, same deal. Like, you got it. Like, somebody had Hardman dead to rights in the backfield. And then he's just gone. That guy's decent. <laughs> well, I think you I said mean, it last week. Like, you, what happens? You get on the Chiefs and you add five-tenths of a second to your 40 time? Like, how does that work? But, well, here's the reality. That guy did run a 4-3-5 to begin with, so he looks even faster in that uni. Like, where, where's everyone else drafting this guy, you know? To me, there's no chance. Like, that's a good example of a guy. Guy, he had, well, I guess, he, he only had two catches, but he had 97 yards and a touchdown. But he just looks so sweet on their team. He's just hauling ass. If I told you that guy was a Buffalo Bill, or hell, even like a Niner, do you think he'd be making plays? Doesn't feel like it, right? <laughs> You know, I'm, but we're starting to get to the point where it's like, eh, if he was a Niner, maybe he would be making plays. No, not, Niner's a bad, bad example. But just like the uh, Jets, you know, or the Titans, he would just be like, what about oh, that third-round pick? Yeah, it's not any good. He can, could run in college. To That's your, what he'd be. To your point, too, you said it earlier. I'll, I'll finish my thought on Jimmy here. Now they got a week off before they host Monday Night Football. So now you've got extra time to prepare, go into the lab. You feel like he's – I feel like he's more confident today than he was watching him week one, certainly going into week one. Um, and uh, they got a real opportunity. Now it's like 4-0. But to me, it's not just about the numbers. Now it's like, can they put something together on prime, in prime time that just looks really impressive? Can it all come together week four? Where we're not just talking about, well, you're 3-0 the math, but you, 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 know, you still were kind of sloppy. Can they really look like a playoff team in two weeks? Yeah, because really in two of the three games, they've been pretty sloppy, right? It's just been like, God, jumping off sides. You got Juszczyk telling people where to line up. Juszczyk was doing it again today. I know. You just just like, God, these guys practice? (laughs) But clearly once they get in the right spot, shit works. And maybe, you know, I mean, it's Might be that there's a lot going on, right? Matt Matt Ryan once said, I mean, this offense is fucking... It's like Chinese to most people. Matt Ryan's probably one of the smarter guys in the league, and it it took him a year. So some of these guys, like... Richie James, like, what the hell are you guys talking about? You said eight million words. I don't, I don't even know what to do. Juszczyk's like, yeah, I went to Harvard. <laughs> Juszczyk probably remembered it like a weekend. And Richie's like, I did everything right except where I lined up. I knew the rest I of know. it. You see me on kick returns when I don't have to learn shit? I just run. I was just making plays. I kind of like Richie James. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I think they need to get in the lab and just get, like, everyone on the same page for everything. Because they are... I think they've won two games, the first game and this game, on kind of talent. Like, they were just a little more talented. Like, you see their defensive line is elite. I mean, fucking Richard Sherman's lighting guys up. Fred Warner and, I mean, Quan Alexander just make every open field tackle. They don't miss many tackles, guy, Mm-mm. beside the one play when Juju. I don't, who was covering him? Was that 24? Was that Williams on that play? When he just got smoked. That, but that happens. To me, then, it was no. just a perfect angle. It, it was just... That shit happens. I mean, it, once a week you see that play, right? The guy across the middle, the initial defender that's trailing falls, the other defender's chasing his guy, and then by the time he looks, the guy's able to block him. It was just a freak deal. They, they had a sweet, like, view of it when they came back from break a little later, like the 360 view. It was a sweet play. I mean, it was, it was awesome. 
But I, I, I do think they've just kind of out-talented people. Like, Juszczyk and, and Kittle. Like, those guys are big-time players. And the reason they're running the ball down people's throats is because those guys, as much as the offensive line. So, you got five offensive linemen. And here's the thing. Like, their rookie left tackle, who, you know, had a good day because we really didn't talk about him that much in a bad way. He had the one penalty. And then the next play where he had, like, a crackback block. And they called it on him. It was kind of was like, you're going to call that. But... The reason they're able to run the ball down people's throats is because they have seven blockers, guy. They have five offensive linemen. Even if you're a rookie, it's much easier to run block than it is pass block. Well, then you got Kittle, who's just road grading, and you got Uzcheck, who's like a who's like a Hummer running into people. So even if Uzcheck doesn't like hold on to a block, the contact that he that he makes with a guy is just throwing people off. That's why you're able to see like Breda kind of stop and start because even if he doesn't, you know. Move your feet. Hold your contact. Like, that's not realistic. But he's just creating these collisions. So the body's going to go left or right. And then he's able to pick a hole and get five, six, seven yards with ease. Their their run game is really fun to watch. And you realize why, you know, in the history of this offense, why the Shanahans are known as the run game gurus, right? Shit works. Shit works. They, They had 40 carries a day for 170 yards. Like, you consistently run... For 150 plus yards every week in the league, you're in pretty good shape. Like there was a big difference of the the Steelers had no run game really today. They How ran many, for 80 yards. I'd be interested. Like of all the guys that we say are just in the like creative offensive mind, you know, just one game. But they that's that's eight more rush attempts than they had pass attempts. In like a game where you're not just salting away the clock, right? In like don't don't where, you think that's really an underrated part about Kyle when you just look at all the innovative offensive guys? Yeah. They're usually pass heavy. Yeah, but I think it's two parts, and you've said both parts. It's not just they're willing to do it; it's that they part of the reason they're willing to do it is because they do it so well. Um, but they've run the ball twenty-one more times than they've thrown the ball this year. Yeah. I also think uh, actually one, it doesn't count today. So what I say, he had eight more, eight more passes today, or eight more runs yeah, today. Yeah, they, they had yeah eight more runs today. So they've so actually they've run the ball on average seven more times per game which, over the course of the three games. I, I, like I would say though, like the, the defining play and just plays and philosophy of this offense. Oh no, is I'm sorry, almost. Run. Oh, sorry, John. I you said you're right. Twenty eight, not twenty one. So it's not seven. It's almost it's almost ten. Yeah. On average. Like, to me, the defining, like, the one thing that, like, Sean Payton and Andy Reid do a really good job of is screen passes. That's not, like, Kyle runs some screens, but it's not, like, the defining attribute when people think Andy Reid's off, he's the best screen caller, like, ever. He just, his timing on him is just fucking impeccable. And Sean Payton is really good, really kind of ahead of his time, when you think back, of throwing the ball to running backs. Like, Alvin Kamara is, like, his best player because he throws it to him all the time. Remember, he got Reggie Bush back in the day. Check out Reggie Bush's number. He was catching the ball 60, 70 times a year as the starting running back, which was not normal back then. So I, I just think that's just the defining part of this offense, and they it just bred into him from his dad. You know, I, I don't think Shanahan's deserve credit because they've created this kind of group of guys that I, I was watching today, and I know they lost, and I think, yeah, they're 0-3, but I think the guy's pretty good coach is a pretty good offensive play caller is the guy in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor. Mm. Pretty good rhythm to his offense and just, it was impressive. I thought he put up a valiant effort against the uh, no one circles the Raggins like the Buffalo Bills, who are 3-0 and also. <laughs> I know. 
All right, uh, before we get on to uh, other things, this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Maybe that Monday night game is the game you're thinking about. With the Browns, we'll see their record coming into town two weeks away. Maybe you want to go see a little college football. Maybe you want to go see concerts. Whatever you want, SeatGeek has it. You download the app and you use the promo code HAM. Well, think about this, guy. If you live in this area, download SeatGeek app. Think about some events coming up. Do you know that Cal is uh, ranked 15th right now? Yeah. They're facing ASU Friday night. Thinking about you know going. Su- you know that Sunday is Bruce Bochy's last game as a manager for the San Francisco Giants against the Los Angeles Dodgers? Mm-hmm. Do you know that next Wednesday, the Oakland Athletics will host a play-in, playoff, wild card, whatever it's called, playoff game, probably against the Indians? Wednesday. And then the fall, like four or five days later, Monday Night Football, 49ers. Raiders are away for like 70 days, so you don't have to worry about them. But you have all these events going on, plus the concerts. Just download the SeatGeek app, type in any venue you want, uh, type in any event you want, and you can check the different prices based on where it's at the stadium, based on certain deals. Like you always say, they rate it red to green. Red, not as good. Green, good. Go. Big and dot better. Yeah, you just get you just get great freaking deals, guy. We're big on giving our people deals. There you go. That's the deal. Seat Geek. Download the app. Promo code HAM. $10 off. Share it with your friends. It's the best app. It, you are protected when you seat geek because you will always be able to easily identify what the best deal is for whatever event you want to go to. Love it. All right. Well, uh, good, good, good season. Um, is it over? Now, here's the one thing about the Raiders. You realize the rest of the division, for the most part, looks like them too. In terms of record, but not in terms of eyeball test, right? Like, they have a one and two record. The Chargers have a one and two record. Since week yeah, one, they, they yeah, don't look like as, the same one and two. No, no. Not, the Chargers are a much better team. The, the Raiders, they paid $100 million for a coach today. Or, I mean, not today, but, you know, last year, January, whenever it became official. $100 million. Could it have gone much worse? I mean, seriously, guy. No, no. I, I it'd be. No, I mean, yes, it could. Like you could just jump. You could have lost up. every game. But I. Just but I'm just like, saying, realistically, where you're not going to lose every game, could it have gone much worse? This is a, you. Yeah, this is. If you had said this is how it's gone to this point, you would say maybe we shouldn't hire this person. Well, think think about this. Would you agree well, with he that? Would, well, you and I would say that. Mark Davis said in an article last a couple weeks ago in SI that if he could have, he would have hired him for 20 years. I think that John Gruden right now is a bottom five head coach in the NFL. I don't even think it's arguable. You watch the offense, there's zero creativity. The stat that we read earlier the what, what, Sunday, we would read it like Friday, you know, about the points per possession, that they don't score in that first, first drive is top five in the NFL. After that's 27, the yeah. rest of the game. And... They just if they, like today they went three and out. I I knew right away it was over. Now the Vikings are a good team, and I as I tweeted like it looked like JV versus varsity. It wasn't even a fair fight. Mike Zimmer said we knew they were gonna we knew they were gonna protect Vic Taper had a quote like overload protect to try to handle our blitz, and we knew they would be scared of the blitz, so they'd overload protect, and they still couldn't handle it. Like we're just on a different level. We're laughing at these guys, laughing at them. Because they're a joke franchise. And people get mad at us. You know, that we're like Raider haters. All we want is the Raiders to be good. 
I would love to have not had to turn that game off at halftime because it was unwatchable. I mean, it's unwatchable. The creativity, there's no talent on the field. He trades away Amari Cooper, who's going on to be a star right now in Dallas, just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Khalil Mack will be on television tonight. I mean, his resume speaks for itself. Last year, you attempt to tank, and the top pass rusher, who is clearly really good, right, in Nick Bosa, who you would have liked because you took a defensive end. You can't even tank correctly, and you end up four, but you you couldn't have been any worse. You end up four, and it costs you a player. And then this year, it just it, it can't be forgotten that you traded a third and fifth round pick. Like, that did happen for this guy who... I don't blame you necessarily for doing it, though, should you have been in the mix to do it at the time? Like, were you even close enough to even consider messing with this guy that we didn't even know was as crazy? But once you do that, what do you think happened during OTAs in the summer? What do you think Gruden was doing? He built his whole offense, and I don't blame him, around Antonio Brown. Well, Antonio Brown's no longer here, and their offense sucks. And you go, well, John, like, there were some signs... As this guy was going scorched earth on the shop and going scorched earth with Jeff Darlington and Rachel Nichols on ESPN, you're like, something's a little off with this cat, man. This is, even in from some crazy shit, this is pretty crazy, right? Just blasting Ben, saying stuff that, even stuff like Jimmy Butler, for example, because the NBA gets brought up a lot with Antonio Brown. Like, this is the craziest thing with the NBA. I've watched Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis like request trades and stuff. They don't get anywhere, maybe behind the scenes, but like when they're giving interviews, they're not just blasting everyone with a machine gun. And what's the last team? And I, I keep saying this when last week, the report from Josina Anderson's Seattle, Kansas City, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Philly, mm-hmm. like all the top organizations, and the and the Raiders are in on Jalen Ramsey. John, why the fuck are you in on Jalen Ramsey? You have no business. You're a bottom five team in the league. You have zero business giving first-round picks and second-round picks for that guy. Zero. Who, one, is not going to impact like the wins above. You just add him, you're still a five- or six-win team at best. Probably your record just would stay the same. And two, this guy is clearly a little hit or miss when it comes to being on his best behavior. Not in an Antonio Brown way, but driving some people nuts when he loses. Well, you lose a lot. You would not be able to get some infrastructure just with some young guys and create a culture through them. I feel how is John ever going to tank and start over correctly? Because he's always going to try to piecemeal it, and it's kind of be clear guy. He's just is he a good coach? Is he a good coach? And, and you've always said like if you're not a good coach for all the other fluff, that's the start of it all. That might be a problem. Like he's just not dynamic enough in game. He never does anything where you go, whoa, didn't see that coming. And the numbers even bear it now. And Kyle does nine things a game like that. Um, if anything, Kyle's like, Kyle, stop being so cute here. We know you're smart. <laughs> just temper it down. Um, I, uh, you know, I think the hard thing is going to be that they had a lot of pieces. You gave up those pieces to rebuild, but then decided to also win on the fly. So if we just take a step back at like the last 14 months or so, less than two years, year and a half, less than that, you'd say it went from we want to win to – Matt gone, Amari gone, maybe we're rebuilding, to no, uh, we're reloading, we're not rebuilding, we're going to get these, we're going to take three guys in the first round, and they're going to be like Antonio Brown. 
Right. They're gonna. I haven't gotten there yet. They're gonna be culture guys, so that's gonna help us. But they're talented, so it's not a rebuild. We just get a reload. Blah blah. And a B. No, we're all in. We got to win right now. We're trading picks. A B's gone. And again, there is an element to that that's just I, out of their I, control. Yep. But like you said, you would have traded for him if you were them. But maybe in retrospect, part of it is like you weren't the place to handle that situation. But um, even when, even when I, so it's just never quite like the, my point though being like you don't even quite. I'm not sure what you are, and the question is, do you know what you are? No, no clue. Because they dipped their toe in the water. I think you thought like, oh, let's do a, let's do a tank, let's do a hinky. And then by about week seven, year one, he's like, fuck this. And then like guys like AB become available. And where you could argue, well, they only gave up a third and a fifth, but there were a ton of crumbs, right? That were leading to like, this guy is nuts. And that's before he went really nuts. This is just when the time before or between the season ending, Antonio saying, I want out, and then leading up into he was going to get traded. It was, it was really weird and bizarre and crazy for bizarre standards in pro sports, right? It was the highest level of bizarre standards. And then, of course, the one, like, Jalen Ramsey, the Raiders are involved. This, they're involved. Like, John, sit some fucking things out. Take a deep breath. And I don't think he's in the business of taking deep breaths. Well, okay, I, I get it. You're impatient. Well, I am too. You could overcome that if you were a really dynamic coach. And this just gets back to the most basic premise of he's just not a good coach right now, guy. He's, a, he's actually a terrible coach. He really is. He's a terrible coach. He just looks, his team looks awful. The majority of games that he's played these last two years, he looks beyond just outmatched. And I'm not talking necessarily the score. I'm just saying, you just watch a Gruden game, and when do you go, God damn, that was sweet. Right? Andy does it like every other series. Sean Payton's always got tricks up his sleeve. Sean McVay's running crazy stuff. The Patriots, every game, have... God, did you see that double pass on the kickoff where they handed it back to the guy and then threw it? You're like, whoa, right? It's like Gruden's never done any of that. And, and yet... He spends all this time in the office. You know, he's he's there at 5 in the morning. He doesn't leave till 9 at night. Like, what the fuck are you doing that for, John? It ain't working. Yeah, it just, the other, oh, we're going to Vegas. We're going to kill it. And what, suck? Your team's terrible. Yeah, put a 4-12 and 12 team there. It's You have a new shiny building and an awful team. Well, you're not going to be good next year. You're going to be bad for the foreseeable future. And here's the other problem this year is if Derek keeps playing like this, he's not going to be around. So you're going to have a brand new quarterback. Well, for the I, most yeah, part. but I mean, I don't. Like, is this even a debate whether or not his first pick is going to be a quarterback in 2020? But that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, the chances that guy just might struggle right away. It's not like all those guys just hit the ground running. Well, this is a conversation for another time probably, but you and I started having it off, like, just while we were talking. Like, are we – Are is this part of what this year looks like if there's a quarterback who you clear, if it's we want Tua, like part of what this looks like affects how the guy you want to draft, how he feels about coming to play for you. Like, is it going to be like Baker? Like they say it can't be changed. I'm coming to change it. Or is he going to be like Eli? Like you know, I don't think that's where I want to play. Why would you, guy? Why would you want this guy right now? And people, are, Middlecoff and Haber. You guys are saying that this guy would refuse to play for my Raiders? Listen, I I would not have said that a couple of years ago. The Raiders were kind of cool with Jack Del Rio. I was like, yeah, I'd want to play there. They got Khalil Mack, Derek Carr. You know, free agents were like, we think these guys can win. I think it's the polar opposite now. 
because they, they just stink and players get worse and then they've traded two stars that have gone to excel. I mean, Amari's not just crushing it. He's crushing it for the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas freaking Cowboys. I do think it, I do think it reflects on Amari a little bit. I I am not. Like he didn't want to be here, and that was clear. I think in the end, like now that we watch him, like he is where he wanted to be. But that's part. You're part. I know what you're going to say, which is, well, you have to create the environment where star players want to be, which is true. He's like I. It's not like Amari came from Cal Poly. Isn't it fair to say he kind of knows what it looks like? Yeah. When it's just is there a chance that he goes? What the fuck is this guy talking about? What are we doing? This is stupid. And you you can argue well. If you're that guy with the Eagles or with the Chiefs or with the Patriots, that's a you problem. But I'd say Amari's kind of validated. Because you're right, he bailed it in. I'm not absolving him for super high effort guy with the Raiders. He kind of quit on him. But, hey, I've been in a position where I've, you know, borderline quit on stuff where I just like, I can't work in this environment anymore, guy. I can't. I, I, I can't. And was I raised differently? Am I acting? Am I doing some things that... Maybe deep down, my parents wouldn't be proud of that they raised me to be more mature. Yeah, but they're not here with me right now, taking all this in of this just craziness of just morons everywhere, people that might ruin my career forever. Something that I feel you worked hard on. Think of your Amari. You worked your whole life to get to this point. Your contract's kind of coming up, and you're like, this is nuts. And then again, guy, he's been traded. We now have a lot of evidence he's killing it. He's killing it. on Not on the Jaguars, on the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Who just made the playoffs, are now 3-0, and look destined to go back to the playoffs. What do you think Kellen Moore would tell us about Amari Cooper? Think he likes him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but we don't. We haven't had any issues. That would be the answer. Like I, I can't I really speak to what happened before fan, Amari came here, but, but you know, when we got him, I called Saban, and Saban said, you're going to love this guy. Yeah. So we talked about some packages, and Amari was all in, and it's been smooth sailing ever since. He um, I, Amari wants to be great. That's how he'd end the conversation. <laughs> Coaches love doing that. Like, yeah, this guy wants to be great. And, you know, Gruden acts like he wants to be great, but does he? Because there is a way to, like, yeah, I, I'm not, he wants to win, but the way he's going about it is he's not going to be able to win like that guy because he's going to keep taking these crazy flyers on guys when his program is nowhere near equipped to handle it. Because, like, one of the most mature guys on his team, probably the most, besides, like, Rodney Hudson and Derek. Well, do you know Derek's problem right now of being, like, a cultural leader guy? He's not playing very well. Like, it's hard to be Mr. Follow Me through the tough times when I'm not really doing shit and throwing bad picks and looking terrible. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. And Derek, Derek looked bad today. Just rattled. Now, the Vikings defense is really good, but he just... He's lost his stinger. He went from that first week yeah. where it was like, this guy came out for blood. Remember just the, it was just his mannerisms. Like, where is this guy? This guy looks like Fresno State. He's playing UNLV. He like got the swag where he knew he was the best player on the field. You just could sense it. If you've watched Derek for a long time, the way he carried himself on that Monday night opener was like, God, this is a different yep. human than I'm used to. That guy is gone. Gone, guy. And now you, I, I watched a little bit of the press conference today. He just, you know, I think he kind of second-guesses himself a little bit because their offense sucks. And I'm not trying to absolve Derek, but his I don't think his play callers helping him out. They're not, like, because like you said, you watch Kyle and you can see 10 things where you go, 
how often do you think the players like tonight where they're at McGlinchey's pad throwing them back like God how about that fucking play Kyle called in the third quarter you know right just like hold, they're, they're sitting in there you know outside barbecuing right now watching the Rams game cracking them back and just like what about that I, I didn't expect Kyle to call that play got me wide open you know just yeah that, toss me that a is white not happening with Gruden let's talk about the fourth quarter <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I I think that Gruden right now is a uh, is currently an impediment to success. And they're not just in the Gruden business. Like, they're they're married to Gruden. So, to me, the only way this changes, do you see any scenario in which Gruden just randomly quits if they win, like, three games? Uh, Wouldn't that be a major upset? I'd be surprised. Like, yeah, we've talked about this just since the beginning, right? When you give a guy a 10-year contract, is he making it 10 years? And what would be? I'd be surprised if going to Vegas... He would do. Th- I mean, I'd be a little surprised, but maybe, I, maybe if they're a three-win team, maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe it's better. You say, let's just, let's just go. Are you aban- Let me ask you this: Are you abandoning the organization if you leave Mark, who put his neck on the line, who put everything into you right before you sc- they go to Vegas? You screwed him over pretty bad. Or are you, or are you helping them, letting them off the hook with the money, and saying, "Hey, look, you're going to Vegas. You can get a fresh start. I'll, g- I'll help you get a fresh start." Well, they wouldn't be able. To, who would they be able to hire? Well, I, again, but that's yeah, that's, that's another question. You that's know, the I second layer to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would be shocked, but I, I think the more and uglier this gets, and just it looks like they're completely over his head. Now, the second part would be: let's say he quits. Let's say it's, they go two and twelve, two and fourteen. He quits. You know, Mark's off the hook for the money. Whatever they need a new head coach going to Vegas. Would we ever look at him the same? Because you'd assume he'd just go back to do Monday Night Football. I, I think he would be kind of made fun of a lot. Like, I, I think his, his what he was, would like, the luster would be off. Like, he'd, people would be like, this guy's kind of a clown. This guy's a fraud. Because it, it's starting to have some fraudulent feel to it. it. It really is, guy. Given the money they're paying him, given the hype. Now, part of the hype's a little out of his control. It's just the nature of when you go away. Whenever you go away from something and you were kind of famous, you just you're out of sight, out of not out of sight, out of mind. It's kind of the opposite because he wasn't out of sight. He was mm-hmm. in our vernacular because he was in the. He became more famous, right? He clearly right. became much more famous as the Monday Night guy and the hype of turning down all these jobs year after year than he probably was those last three or four years coaching at Tampa Bay. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like the power, you said, John Gruden. Like, oh, that's I was trying to hire John Gruden. Everyone was. Everyone talked like that. He was. Every single person. I remember right reading Niner articles like I, you know, Jed probably liked John Gruden. You know, the Indianapolis Colts like John Gruden. Every SEC program won John Gruden. Michigan, John Gruden. Ohio State called John Gruden. The guy, he was. You did not have a legitimate coaching search of a powerful NFL brand or a powerful college brand where his name wasn't either at the top or legit in the. Not. I don't mean he might not have been actually in the mix, but where people were talking about it, and it wasn't like fake. Like people really. If he would have said yes to all those jobs, the fan bases would have been super excited, right? Well, that's what's crazy is he – I don't know. He, I'm not saying he could have got $100 million from anybody, but he could have gotten the most anybody was offering during he could have got Jimbo coaching Fish, He could search. have got Jimbo Fisher-type deals in the Yeah, SEC just whatever sure. coaching search somebody – whoever you were talking about, they would have paid him more than who they ended up hiring in all likelihood, and this was the job he chose. <laughs> yes. Think about that. Why? Yeah, it's, 
Well, I mean, I clearly the because maybe no matter what they're offering, they weren't offering this much. I also think the Raiders do mean something to him. Like it meant something to him. The brand, his brand with that brand, which is kind of like you start talking like that. Is that what you want to coach? Like when Andy Reid chose the Chiefs, was he thinking like my brand in the Kansas City? You know, like when Pete Carroll went to Seattle, he's like, I want to go back to the NFL. They offered me a lot of money. Nothing to do with the brand. I, I feel like there's a little too much of that with Gruden, like brand. Like why are you fucking talking about brand? But is he? Is he talking about brand? But I think he kind of he sets it up that way. He has a brand, guy. He's created one. Corona, right? No, I, the Raiders. I but it, most of it just comes from his work on Monday Night Football. Spider, two wide banana. I got a guy. Like, do you think he's a fraud? A little bit, maybe. I mean, I I hate that word to begin with. A lot of times, depending on how we're defining somebody. Like, and when have, I say me, a, when I say fraud, like he's not a liar like, to be a fraud in some ways. Like, if other people build you up. You know, I mean, he did win a Super Bowl. Now, is he the football genius that we all think he is on Monday Night Football? Clearly not. I think, but I think there are people that would say, well, yeah. I, I always kind of felt like just let's go back and look how it ended in Tampa. Like, it was, there was a lot of evidence there that maybe he's not a Super Bowl coach. Every, you know, I mean, he won a Super Bowl, but there were some people that would tell you, like, well, they were Dungy's play. You know, like, there's some people that would make that comment. Um, so, and the team he beat, you could argue well, let's they just had use, the playbook. Let's just use a couple older guys that are, you know, not Belichick's in his own little category, but let's just go, like, the next tier. Like, Andy, Peyton, and Pete Carroll. Like, even on his best day consistently, like, how would he ever compete with those guys? Nowadays, doesn't it feel like he's just not even could never get to their level? Yeah, I, I mean, yes. You know, like yeah, just, I think I, I'm comfortable saying he's been mislabeled. Now, whether that was him doing it or other people, it's really always you're right. A I mean, a lot of the, the hype was that it wasn't like he was screaming, "I'm a football genius," but that did take off part of just the branding of him. And I used to get these texts from offensive coordinators and people in the NFL. Like, he's known as this quarterback guru. Check his fucking resume. Rich Gannon was 35 years old. He'd never coached a young quarterback. I think a lot of quarterback gurus are like that. I don't think there are quarterback gurus. Quarterbacking is fucking hard. Like, I don't, like, to me, quarterback gurus are probably more often guys that just are really good play callers. I think historically what we've referred to as quarterback gurus are guys that like take a quarterback and mold him and build him. And really, to me, like Sean McVay just might be a quarterback, air quotes, guru. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan might just be a quarterback guru. It's really just can you call plays for guys that don't have elite, elite, elite skills or at least just adjust to those guys. But has anybody really taken a bad quarterback and just turning them into something amazing without that guy putting in the work? I don't know. I how many guys have like? Four, I thought I thought three, what, what Andy did with Alex, like taking him to another level, for sure. Per- yeah, yeah. I would say Andy's probably I'd say in that Andy's category. The closest. Andy yeah. doing it with Foles in Philadelphia. Andy probably does qualify. I just that is one. There are two things we overuse right now. Actually, there's a million. One is quarterback guru, especially when it's just like you're some whatever guy that happened works to with George, high school quarterbacks. Uh, George, what's his name? Uh, he's still doing his thing. Oh, he is coaching George- the guys. George, uh, he's a quarterback Whitfield. guru, right? Whitfield, yeah. yeah. Everybody's a guru. 
Everybody's a fucking guru. Tom House. The other thing is, everybody's a legend. A legend. Tonight, Odell Beckham. University of I am me or I am him. Odell Beckham. I am him. Legend. Everybody's a legend. That's why Steve Smith snapped the other day, pregame on Thursday night, because he just gets tired of everybody calling Minshew a legend. He couldn't have the fun. He was too mad about what's going on in society today. Well, it's it's why it's why guy Mike's coming not just with a documentary on Michael Jordan, a ten a ten part documentary. You you guys want to see what a fucking legend looks like for Actual all you legend. young folks that have forgotten? I'm coming at you with ten hours of content, so get ready. And I said, Mike, I'll be ready. Yeah, I'll be ready too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I. There are quarterback gurus out there, but I think by and large we probably use but, that but, too but, much. But okay, let's. But you're already kind of going to a more extreme. I think he was known. At, at his brand was became really strong. He was really good with quarterbacks. Let's not even go guru. Like you just go. You get Gruden around a quarterback. He's really good for him. That that is that not what he became kind of. And part of that just yes. ESPN. No, the, there's no doubt. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. He's coming, and I don't think he knows what he's doing with these quarterbacks. That's that's what I'm watching, guy. I don't know what he's doing. And, and like you said, part of just being a good quarterback guru is just calling plays. Like, is Jared Goff Joe Montana? No. What does Sean McVay do for him? Calls good plays for him. So it makes him look good. So, yeah, is he worth $110 million? Probably not. But with Sean McVay, he's probably worth $110 million. Like, can Gruden call some goddamn good plays, guy? That's my thing. I don't think he can. I just, I never watch one of Gruden's games and go, I always think about it. I've never done this, but you hear coaches talk about it. We're like uh, Matt Nagy or Andy or Lincoln Riley. Like, yeah, I was watching a high school game, watching a college game, and I saw something. And I made a note. Like, I, I was listening to this podcast with Spolstra and Doc Rivers, and Doc said that Spolstra or Spo said that Doc had ran a play against him. That Doc had told him later that he had saw in in Austin's AAU game. This was back in like the late two thousands. But that's just mm-hmm. how coaches thinks, right? There's that. And Doc was like, "Yeah, I saw this play. I like loved it. So I told KG about it. We ran it, and it worked for us in the in the finals." But that's just how coaches think. And, and Gruden's a big one. Like, oh, he's taking notes because he's always watching this shit. Well, wh- why does he implement any of it? What's he doing with it? Like, what's he doing with all these binders, all this film that he has? Where is it? Yeah, I know I, what Kyle's I, doing. He's always, like, scheming to do some other thing. I, I don't feel like – I just don't feel like Gruden's, like, scheming, you know? <laughs> I think part of how we remember all this will be affected, too, by what happens next with Derek. Does he go to Tennessee and, you know – win football games like I think that's going to be a part of this too for sure because it's, it's not it, it over could, the story well it could be they cut Derek Derek becomes like a lifetime backup and they get Tua and Tua's excellent and we forget about it right in these two years Gruden's able to be like well Derek screwed me I was a good coach right that, that might happen I'm not saying that's not possible I, but I would say organizationally now we get beyond just the play calling and the quarterback development organizationally, you would say you do not have a lot of evidence right now that leads you to believe things are on the right track. So it's I, it's not just about, oh, get Tool fix this. Well, well, that's a lot. That's asking a lot, a lot, a lot. That's asking a ton. Because I just don't know Because how even the feel. Browns, as dysfunctional as they've been, like they've had just more functional last 18 months, and they had a coaching staff just fucking disappear. I mean, they had a coaching staff just fall to like eat itself alive from the inside. You know, <laughs> but even that's been a little. Would you say that what? Who's had a crazier last year and a half? Well, but the other thing is they, they had game, a winless season, John. But here, here's at the at the 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 main difference, guy, is the Browns are quote unquote flawed, like most teams are. They do have dudes everywhere. Like, but they I got just mean dudes. organizationally, they had a winless season. Yeah. Well, 
Were they trying to win? Functional coaching. They at least tanked properly. Yeah, they tanked properly. They ended up with the number one pick, and they took a quarterback. A couple years in a row, right? Miles, then Baker. So it worked. Nailed those picks. You got it. That's my thing. If you're going to tank, which Gruden kind of did, he didn't even tank correctly because he won a Steeler game last late in the season, and it cost them two picks. It cost them Nick Bosa, which I, I'm Nick Bosa's way better than Cleveland Farrell. He just is. And I know that Mayock and Gruden would have taken Nick Bosa over Cleveland Farrell. So they can't even fuck up right. Which, again, they were actively tank, trying to lose because they traded those two guys. Especially, you could say the, the Mac thing over money, right? There are... Elements That's of that. an organizational issue you're saying, yeah. Yeah, where Amari was like, baby, I just don't think this guy's that good. Which it was fair at the time, but it's backfired. That's the other thing. Like, okay, well, have the tra- have the Cowboys extended him yet? No. So you could, I mean, it wasn't, you know, you could. It's not a contract thing. One day you'll have to pay him, but right now he's a produ- he's a productive player. Oh, you're saying like, was he going to hold out? Yeah, I'm just saying. But again, that that one's not fair because I understand why they traded Amari. But I'm just saying, like, if that wasn't a money issue, you didn't have to pay him right now. But Amari here's Cooper. the other thing, guy. They traded Amari Cooper, who's then gone to Dallas and been an ass kicker, who right now, again, it's way early, but Pro Bowl level season. He's got uh, four touchdowns, three weeks. You got a box safety who, you know, looks like a good player, but he's got a torn labrum. Well, part of the reason he got a torn labrum because that's the way he plays. As, as Elliot Schwartz told me at the gym, I'm like, what is the labrum? He's like, it's the, product, it's the productive kind of, uh, you know, tendon or whatever over your shoulder blade. So when that breaks, and it usually happens with, you know, when guys hit, right, it just, it snaps or his tears. It's, and it usually happens to hitters. I mean, like physical, like football, hit, like guys that right. throw their shoulders around. Yeah. So it's, that's not, that's a pretty big injury. So you, the guy that you drafted for him, whose role was pretty clear, like he was a hard hitter in college, one one NFL game in, it ripped. Um, John, now, speaking... You can't control that, but still, that, that I did didn't like happen. As a player. Don't, don't ruin my transition here, because I like this one. Speaking of not ripping critical parts of your body, oh, Manscaped is back this week. You guys supported Manscaped. That, this, was, that, this was a grassroots advertisement on this podcast for Ham. Because you guys supported Ham and you supported Manscaped. There was a one-week trial, do or die, and our listeners delivered using the promo code HAM at manscaped.com. They got 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code HAM. And now they're back again this week again. And uh, those of you that didn't take advantage uh, can take advantage. Well, and guy, here's the thing. They they sent us obviously the lawnmower 2.0, which is incredible. I mean, it's just you just you trim obviously everywhere downstairs. You know the the man jewels. I, I've had some uh, I've had some close calls where you just you can slice and dice and, and it doesn't look pretty. No, but with the you lawn- know you're out of commission. Yeah, and you got you got blood on IR. Over, you're just like whoa. Like why bother but, even going out this weekend? But here's the, here's the thing. This thing, no nicks and cuts on the testes. But then you just, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a woolly mammoth. I go keep on going right up to my neck. You know, you just do the whole body. But they sent us this kit, and you can search away on manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM. They sent, like, nail clippers, a nice little, you know, the bags that all the NBA players take into games, the little day bags with all their toiletries in them. They sent mm-hmm. a sweet little one with the Manscaped yep. logo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're Anti-chafing crazy. deodorant, moisturizer. Oh, they got it all. Crop yeah, preserver. Got the ball deodorant. It yep. just... We love our friends at manscaped.com. Promo yep. code ham. 
and we appreciate your support. Send us photos of you buying, but let the photos stop there. All your other photos you send to somebody else. 20% <laughs> off plus free shipping. Promo code HAM. It's manscaped.com. I like it. All right, let's rattle off some headlines here. Uh, I mean, there's there's a clear number one headline in the NFL on Monday, right? I don't know. What's that? I mean, is it not? I mean, if it's not Daniel Jones, what is it? Yeah, I mean, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, twenty three thirty six, two touchdowns passing, two touchdowns rushing. You think that'll be one? Of, you think that'll be one of the bigger headlines tomorrow? What do you think's the if that's not the You're biggest headline? Right. Yeah, I mean, New, the New York Giants. Not just New York Giants, but the pick, the, the Gettleman. The dichotomy of like all the different angles. Yeah, Everybody said he's an idiot. Us included made fun of it. Part of it is Gettleman just invites it. But, I mean, if you're going to invite it, you back it up, then you double down, you get all the credit, you make everyone else look stupid. Because it wasn't even necessarily once he got the game, once they took the lead on the touchdown, which he ran in, he couldn't control if his defense could stop him, right? They ended up missing the field goal. But it was a win the moment he scored that. They touchdown. already missed he two extra points. The, the Tampa missed two extra points too. Yeah, Matt. I mean, Matt Gay, who I don't remember seeing him miss anything at Utah. Did they draft him? Yeah. So they're not cutting him tomorrow. Maybe it's them, huh? Wow. That I do think kickers. You just everything. He a missed two extra points and a thirty-five yarder to win the game. Yeah. I I, I was shocked because I flipped on that TV. Once they, when the Niner game ends and that thing was coming down the home stretch, Jameis hit a sweet play to Mike Evans, and then they were in the red zone with like you know some time, and they knelt it to lead up to the kicker. Like they set up the kicker to get a game-winning field. I would have kept throwing at the end zone. I guess you're only down what two points, but so a field goal wins it. But still, that's that's especially a after you guys missed two extra points. Two extra points. I, I did not know that. That has fuel the fire. You're right, Danny Dimes. There's going to be an arrogance. Did you see there was a sweet photo of Saquon Barkley had rolled his ankle early yeah. in the game and had a boot on? Well, he came back out to the sidelines. Well, when they missed the field goal, the whole team rushed the field goal block unit, and they were all partying in the end zone. Saquon hobbled over there on because he did not want to miss out on the party. And in yeah. fairness, like Saquon's like, I've been fucking running the shit out of the ball. When we lose every week, I want to celebrate a win. It was kind of funny. It was but also cool. not. Do you think that adds to a little bit of his legend? Is the best player on the team and one of the best players in the league, you lose him. I'm pretty sure it happened in the first half. So you won that, like you kind of carried the franchise, right? It'd be one thing to me if they had won and Danny Dimes. That's a great nickname, by the way. I can Danny Dimes right. just rolls off the tongue. If Danny Dimes had like 190 yards and throwing a touchdown, but Saquon had 120 on the ground and a lot of dump offs to Saquon as passes. But tomorrow you're gonna be able to say, well, he was back against the wall because his best player goes out, and then he kind of had to carry him. And like you said, he throws for over 300 yards. He's running around. I Whenever I talk to my buddies in the league, they would always say, actually, Eli is not as bad as you think. His worst attribute right now is he is just so – he's a stat. He cannot move. He cannot move at all. But actually, his throws, when he is somewhat protected, he's still pretty accurate, and his arm strength is still pretty solid. It's his mobility is a negative. Like, I mean, like a negative 10. And that's one thing Danny Dines is he's able to move around. And I guess I was listening to something. Last week, they lost to the Bills. And the Bills, I had Josh Allen on my DraftKings team. They ran a play early in the game. It was just quarterback power. They were on like the five-yard line on like the left hash, and they just ran quarterback power to the right. 
Josh Allen takes the snap from the center and just kind of hesitates and lets the lead blockers and just scores a touchdown. And I guess people in New York, Pat Shermer praised that play after the game. He's mm-hmm. like, that, you know what changes your offense when you have a guy that can do that? It, it was almost like he was hinting at like, Eli might be screwed here. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple days later, boom, they make the move. Well, Danny Dimes is pretty athletic. The other thing I will say about Danny Dimes is that the two people that I know that do the SEC, when 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 he was getting shit on, right, the day after the draft, and I mean, it's one of the all-time get shit on picks I think we've ever seen. Would I you mean, agree not just the day after, like, as it happened. I mean, it's still kind of going on. Like, they were still talking about it. I got a lot of, well, I mean, not a lot, from these two guys that both said, I had first-round grade on this guy. Like, people did like him. Now, I didn't have a first-round grade, top 10 grade, but I, if we would have needed a quarterback and we would have had a pick, you know, in the late 20s, I, I think this guy was valuable enough to take in the first round. I do think a lot of people did like this player just at the extreme, and I think that's where Gettleman, because then they doubled down, like, we're kind of arrogant about it. But, hell, yeah, if I might be if- right. If, if I evaluate why did I react, I can only evaluate myself, John. If I self-evaluate why did I react that way, I think I have to Luckily, recognize Luckily, everyone's it. in that boat. Yeah, but it's not like, like if I look back, like how much Duke film did I watch? I think it was more about, it was more about just Gettleman. Gettleman. Yeah. And you got to give the man some respect right now. I mean, clearly, whether how good this guy turns out to be, time will tell, but clearly they have a play. I mean, like Washington's guy isn't on the field. He hasn't played a snap yet. Arizona's guy, uh, guy they was, it's hard to evaluate him. I mean, it really, it really is. I actually think, in fairness to Kyler, now I didn't watch much of that game, besides just like little highlights here and there, is that he actually looks like kind of capable. Like he's, he clearly has a lot of the talent. It feels like their team stinks, and the coach doesn't know what he's doing more than just Kyler's not good. Now I don't think necessarily Kyler's going to be some superstar. Because if you just, it's hard to envision him being like a pro bowler, isn't it? Just that the size. That's, the, to me, the thing that jumps out. Like, you you see, you watch a play from Danny Dimes. God, I, I lived in New York. I would just say Danny Dimes like 50 times a day. He looks the part just standing there. He just looks like a, a Josh Allen or a Sam Donald. Like, he just looks kind of normal. That's where I would feel pretty good if I was a New York Giants fan. I'd be like, well, this guy just looked like an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Which is, which is always just the first threshold you kind of need to hit. Sometimes, but that was part of the Gettleman explanation. He just walked out there at the senior ball. He just looked like a pro. That was part of it, too, As I'm now that you said that, I remember. Well, how about Kyle Allen, John? He had four touchdowns. Now, again, he's got good players. He had four, touch, four touchdowns, no picks today for the Panthers. Well, Vance Joseph, you know how I feel about him. I mean, he might be the worst defensive coordinator in the league. But Cam Newton was incapable of doing that. Because I saw a lot on Twitter, like, do we have a quarterback controversy? I was like, is there a controversy? I mean, the guy, Cam's just hurt, one. I'd have to see who they play next. I mean, this was the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I know? mean, look, I, my thing for that would be the good news, the good news, air quotes, Cam's hurt, so just the guy gets to play. Odds are guys that have a good game play themselves out of jobs. Let's just, they play, uh, they play at the Texans. They play at the Texans, the Jaguars, the Bucks, and then the Niners. Do you think, if you had to guess right now, it's impossible to, is Josh, is, is what's his name? Kyle. It, is Kyle Allen starting when they play the Niners in like four or five weeks? No. Yeah, I, I would doubt it too. I don't see that happening. 
All right, you hit me with the headline now. What else? Uh, I don't know if Vic Fangio is going to win many games. <laughs> They're 0-3. They're pretty terrible on defense. They're just not very good, guy. And they're one of those not very good. When Joe Flacco's your quarterback and you're not very good, it's a challenge to win whoever you play. Their passing game is kind of non-existent. I, I just, I think Denver is in real trouble to being really, really shitty. And remember, you can't really bench Flacco for what's his uh, Drew Locke because he fucked up his finger, so he's on like I, short-term IR. He's going to return, but it's not. It's not really an option. I just, they're in some trouble, guy. Like Vic Fangio, I, I'm rooting for the guy, but I, I, I think they are headed toward a three and thirteen type year. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw much of their game today. Um, I do think when I watch them, I don't feel like I'm watching an, an incapable team or an incapable coach. Well, yeah, I, they look right, different. Like not... than the yeah, I mean they got more players than like the Raiders, even though the Raiders kicked their ass. They don't feel totally locked. They just don't make any plays. They just don't really do anything. I'm, yeah. I, I'm with you because Rodgers did hit like a huge bomb on an offsides type deal, you know. I, just how are they going to win, though, guy? If, if you had to guess their record, do they get over four wins? Because I, no. I would take the under. I, 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 yeah, I don't think so. Which how about is Jacob- it's kind of a problem. Like, is people were tweeting at me, like, is he a one and done? Well, like, uh, yeah, I doubt it, but that always kind of nuts. How about Jacoby Brissett? What was his stat line? Uh, so they beat the Falcons today. They're two and one. He was twenty-eight of thirty-seven for three ten, two touchdowns. Not bad. Made some sweet throw. I mean, made some sweet throws. They're just good. They're a team, kind of the opposite of the Broncos, where you go, "How are they going to win a game with the Broncos? How are the Colts not going to make the playoffs?" Do you know who the, do you know who the Colts play next? I do not. The Raiders. Oh yeah, of course I do. I do at the right at the, at Indy. So who do you like in that game, guy? Yeah, well, I mean, we start going through the Raiders schedule. We play that game in the last pot. It's it's yeah, so, dicey. Well, so you're looking at three and one. I, I I just think at the end of the day, this team's a ten win team. The Colts are in the playoffs, and to me, they should be. We love talking about the sexy shit like Odell Beckham's and the you know the Julios and stuff. The, the, the Colts are not sexy; they're actually kind of boring. But the shit that's happened to them in the last couple of years, Josh McDaniels screws them, like legitimately screws them. Commits they hire coaches, then he doesn't show up. Now, granted, the coach that he did hire, Uberflus, has turned out I think be pretty good. <laughs> so it's like Frank Reich didn't even need to hire a coordinator. They then Ballard gets Frank Reich. Then Luck has a sweet season after they start 0-4, 0-5, make the playoffs, win a playoff game because they beat the Texans. Then, guy, this year, Luck is injured all of training camp. You guys, I mean, we all know the story. Retires slash quits. And they actually seem pretty fine. If you could take a step back and go, healthy Andrew Luck on this team, which is obviously really good. Would they? Would you still put them a step below KC in New England? Yeah, but they would be probably that team, the third team in the AFC, probably by themselves with luck. To me, yeah, because they to me, I like them more than the Ravens, who got exposed a little bit today. There's no one in the East like in the Ravens defense. They did play the Chiefs. In I know Kansas the Chiefs' City. defense isn't yeah. very good, but it was in Kansas City. It was a five point game. They went zero for three or zero for four on two point conversions, whatever it was. 
But they were down kind of big, and they hit. Yeah, a late but plays. I mean, Lamar was the Ravens are 50, good. The, Ra- the Ravens are going to win. Passing. The Ravens are going to win the North. I think. You're right. It's judging people against the Chiefs is you're all, you're always going to think they're shittier than they probably are. Even the bad teams, you're like you're not that bad. And I do think even though their defense Raiders is great, like, wait, well, we might be. <laughs> and I think even though their defense isn't great, you just because you expect them to go score forty points, you maybe do some things you wouldn't normally do. So I. Although the Ravens ran the ball today, but anyway, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't. What I'm I'm, I'm waiting to see on them. I mean, what about I, the hype? What about the hype on Dallas? You a believer? Yeah, I'm in. They're going to be good. I mean, they are good. But not they, only are they going to be good, like how are you even going to argue not to pay Dak? The way this is going. Was he made more money in the last three weeks? Yeah. Or is he just cemented like there's not even an argument? No, I don't think contract. it's you probably it's probably that. Like he was probably getting paid. And now you feel really good about it. You get to probably announce it during the bye week or whatever, whenever you want to set it up. Where he knows, you know. My thing is with them it's the is they're man. They are they are he's really good. I, I think at the end of the day, Mahomes gonna win the MVP. He'll probably come in second or third, like him and Brady. Because he his numbers are just gonna be stupid. They have players at every position. Dak, their offensive line. Zeke, now again, is Miami, but we know Zeke runs against, ran for 125. His backward, his backup, Pollard, ran for 100 yards. I mean, he's, his backup is credible. Amari's crushing it. They got that Devin Smith guy from Ohio State that can fly. Gallup's hurt right now, but he's coming back. Witten is just doing Witten things, three for 54 today. Whenever I watch their defense, Van Der Esch. I still think it's funny when I see Witten out there running around. I do too because he's slower now than he's ever been. Van Der Esch is an absolute ass kicker. I, I'd have to Google it, but over the last 20 years, he has to be the most talented Boise guy in the league. Like, guy that was drafted high and just came in the league and just dominates. I don't remember Van Der Esch even being that good in college. I think it's because Van Der Esch was only a one-year starter, so we didn't even watch him that much in college. It's not like he played for the program for three years. He was really just kind of a one-and-done He's not your tip. Like, when you think Boise State, you don't think all-pro middle linebacker, right? And that wouldn't be the first type player you think of. You think of, like, a slot receiver, a smart safety, maybe a guard, you know, a, a quarterback that's going to turn into a coach. Now, no, you know what? They got the next uh, Dick Butkus. You think of a coordinator. Yeah, you don't, you don't think of Dick Butkus. And that's what this guy might be, Dick fucking Butkus. With his teammate, Jalen Smith, who's Dick Butkus. Like, those two guys... And this is, it, it always reminds me of the Niners. When you have two middle linebackers that do it all, cover, they can cover anybody, they can run sideline to sideline, and if you just want to run it down the middle, they are going to crack skulls. It's really hard to just gain yards against those two guys. It's one if you just have one linebacker, right? You can kind of move him around. But if you got two, because when they both drop back, they both kind of go opposite ends, so they're covering the entire field. They just make every fucking play. And their defensive line. The other guy from another guy you don't think of that much from Boise is Demarcus Lawrence. You don't think you know what All Pro pass rusher? Who's yeah? He's you know probably a top five or six end. Like, another Boise guy. I'm watching Harson. Who they just play? Oh, the Air Force was that Friday night? They look good. Uh, they want yeah they they want Boise again. is good. Um, is is uh here's one for you. Is Carson Wentz turning into just like a? Is he turning? I feel like I'm watching Philip Rivers when I watch Carson Wentz. Not physically, but just like 
now I, I feel like I'm watching these Eagles games, and there are a lot of like the Chargers game I described earlier, where it's like every Sunday afternoon, four times a season, it it's just Philip trying to bring them back and making some play, and then like in the end, it's like Philip angry, like unstrapping his helmet after they failed on fourth and seventeen. And he threw some ball like 80 yards down the field. Like that they, Carson would, is just now. <laughs> would they be one and two, though, if Alshon and Deshaun were playing? Like, probably not. I'm just saying, like. I'm with it's, you. It's not even a bad thing necessarily. Like, kind of running just, for his life, but throwing Every balls game up. they're in, he is just trying to make a ton of plays, which is fine if, you're, if you can stay healthy. They got a pretty big game, guy, Thursday night. I don't want to say it's must win, but. One and three would not be ideal, right? They they got to and the Packers are kind of playing with house money. They're three and zero, oh. so if they lost that game, it wouldn't even mean that much. This is must win game for the Eagles. That's a that's a pretty good Thursday night game. That game's in docket. Philly. I think the game's in Green Bay. You're right. It is. Would you, I, uh, I, can't, I don't have the entire Thursday night. It's yeah in Green Bay. That has to be a top two or three Thursday night game of the year, right? Just on paper, heading into the season. Philly at Green Bay. Yeah, now it feels honestly even bigger because Green Bay's pretty good and Philly's kind of desperate. I mean, I guess if they were, we probably thought, we probably thought Green Bay would be one and two and Philly would be three and oh. Do you even feel that much confidence that Philly's going to be able to go in there and get a win? Well, Green Bay's defense is good and they've got it. They've got it. I mean, no, they're, they're rolling right now. They are. I do get Philly. I do get Philly. I mean, they. They're a team. Like you could tell me, they're one and five, and I'd probably still like them. What would you say is more likely: the Bills make the playoffs, they're three and zero, or Philly misses the playoffs, they're one and two? Start doing the math. You're like, well, if they were to lose this week, Philly does have an uphill battle. Like we just said, three and zero is three and zero. You said, what's more likely: the Bills make the playoffs, or Philly misses the playoffs? Yeah. Um. I'd say Buffalo makes the playoffs because I think he there's sucks. odds are one team out of the North odds are one. I mean, one team out of the West, one team out of the East. I mean, new England. And so then you probably get two teams out of the South. The question to me is like, do you get three teams out of the South or two? You probably get two. And so there's that second wild card is, well, we're, we're going to learn a little something about the bills this week. They play the bats. So we might get like, whoa, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Or can you imagine if the Bills won this game? But do you? What? Do you learn like, yeah, I want well, to win a Super Bowl when you play the Pats, but I don't necessarily learn <laughs> if you right. can make the playoff right. when you play the Pats. You're like, yeah, we lost by 40 against the Warriors. Like, well, there's only one Warriors. We to your point, though, they, they beat the Jets and the Bengals by a combined five points. Would you say that would be like if the Bills were to win this game, it would be... The playoff talk would be 100% real. But, but here's the other thing. Like, that's who they're playing this year, right? Like, they're playing the Bengals and the Jets this year. They're playing the Titans on the road. Okay, but they can the, win that game. They get the Redskins. They get the Dolphins they're, twice. Obviously, they're going to play the Dolphins twice. They play the Broncos at home. Uh, they go to the Steelers, which looks different now. They're going to win mean, a lot of games. They are going to play the Jets again. So, wouldn't you say right now, worst case scenario for the Bills looks like 8-8? Eight and eight? Yeah, they play, they play really good, good defense, so they, their games are just going to look a little close. That's Like you said, the five-point games, I think all their games are going to look like, whether they're playing the Niners or the Patriots. Like, the Patriots are not – I don't want to say this strongly. The Patriots are not. The Patriots might. I would be a little shocked if the Patriots, if they beat them, win the game like 40 to nothing. To me, the game would more likely look like 
24 to 10 or something. You know, it'll just be a f- – because the Bills are really good on defense, and they have a defensive head coach. Now, the Patriots are just on a completely different level. Yeah, I mean, if you told me Josh Allen throws four picks. Like, if I had to do a T use- right now, I'd go Pats 1, Chiefs 1B, and just you have I- – I actually think the Chiefs are better, but you can't not put the Pats 1, and then Dallas – and then there's just probably a group of like 10 teams that you could sit and have an argument about, right? Yeah. Because like the Saints would argue they're better than the Niners, and the Niners are, you know, undefeated. And the Bills, the Saints would be like, well, we're better than the Bills too. They're undefeated. You know, it's like you could have these. And, and that's the thing early in the season. You just got to let it play like you get a better feel after about halfway through. Like are, are, are you 6-2? and Because 6-2 and two is a lot different like 4-4, four and four, right? And that's where... You saw a game like today with the Niners, and this is what I kept thinking about when it was coming down the stretch. If you lose this game, it's not that big. You know, you can still get to 10 wins. But this type of team, if you do win, and then you end up going 11-5, and five, you're like, well, you won like three or four games like that. Because if you win 11 or 12 or even 10 games, you win some games where you're like, whoa, I don't know if we should have won that one. Right? Just the nature <laughs> of the sport. Right. Well, I mean, maybe that's what we're talking about with the Niners and the Steelers. Unless you're the Patriots or the Chiefs, and you're like, do you guys even play in those games? Like, seriously, do they? Not even when they play each other, I don't think. No, it's what's just like, how do you even know anything about yourself? Like, ah, oh, we're so good, it doesn't even matter. It's like, what well, are the Warriors going to do an out of bounds plays in the finals? Uh, it won't matter. They're up. 20. Yeah. What, what do you mean? How we? How do we know? I, I, I we practice and I watch that. <laughs> yeah. We just kick the shit out of people. All right. Okay, guy. On that note, go uh, go get some delivered and get your car jumped. I don't even. I'm just gonna wait for that tomorrow. Luckily, I haven't even needed to move it. What are you eating for dinner? Salad, definitely a salad. After a, I had uh, brisket on Friday, tri-tip on Saturday. So looks like Jared Goff, Jared Goff just threw a touchdown in the background. Okay, lock in for the second half. Okay, adios. Later. Peace be with you. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.